0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام على اشرف المرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا مولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى اله وصحبه بارك وسلم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته I would like to officially welcome the Mizan students, as well as the extended community uh, to the special commemoration of uh, the life and legacy of our teacher, May Allah grant him the highest station in paradise. Um, By way of introduction, um, there's a saying in Arabic, Uh, a blessing when it is taken away, then it is truly recognized and i think this is very much the case uh for our beloved teacher monataha is that with his passing uh there's been an immense outpouring of of tributes of recognition of grief and sadness and mourning for his loss and um, that's where we find ourselves in and i think for all of us we are still very much in the in the grieving period uh, monataha passed away 2 days ago and uh, every morning when we wake up, the world feels much emptier, uh, as if a light has left uh, our hearts and has left this world. And we do, um, we are still mourning him and grieving him. And may Allah help us to maintain our composure during this uh, segment, Taala. Uh, the next thing I want to mention is that Malata's legacy is so vast that no one person or even small group of people can actually encapsulate and present that legacy. Uh, Malataha has touched literally thousands and thousands of lives in different ways, and each of those lives and those scholars and those students have their own stories to tell. And this program is merely just a group of, of, of students who are telling their story. And we do make our that uh, all of those other lives that were touched, they also share their stories as well. And it is part of our legacy that we preserve the biographies of our great scholars this has always been part of our legacy and the intention behind this broadcast is to is to continue with that um with that practice of documenting the legacy of this great scholar his biography his life and to draw inspiration and to draw guidance uh, from that uh, from that legacy and So with that, we we do pray that there are many more of these programs. And with his passing, there is a great void and there is a great uh, emptiness and a great responsibility uh, for us to carry on with this mission and uh, carry on with his vision, inshaAllah. So I'd like to welcome all of you. And I would start by just... Mentioning the link between Mizan Institute and Malata, specifically the a Mizan Institute event, uh, along with Isnad Academy, and I want to mention uh, the link between that is that Mizan Institute was formerly uh, Darun Naim Sunday Intensive, and Darunaim Na'eem uh, was founded by our beloved teacher, also another jewel in the community, uh, our blessed teacher, Maulana Ali Gawda, may Allah protect him and preserve him, and he is the founder of Darun Naim. And that is the the beginning of Mizan Institute. And prior to Darnaim, Mawlana Ali Gowda was a teacher at the Madrasa in Strand. And Mawlana Taha's nature was that he was always tweaking the syllabus, always refining the pedagogy to try to improve what was happening in terms of education at the Madrasa. And Mawlana Ali once said that during one Ramadan, Mawlana Taha ask the teachers to stop their normal teaching and that they now have to for the next month, they all have to translate Qur'an and kind of finish as, as much as they can, and then for the entire month, the, all the teachers are translating Qur'an, and from this uh, idea of Mauna, Taha, uh, Mauna Ali later, after he left the teaching post at the madrasa in Strand, he then um, adopted and modified and built upon this idea to start uh, Darun Na'im, uh, which has a focus in the first year on translating the full Quran and um, so so that's also one of the links between Mizan Institute and darunaim and uh, and Mawlana Taha and I know Monna Ali also considers Munataha to be one of his teachers uh, I think we all do consider him to be one of our teachers Alhamdulillah and the second link is that um, uh, Alhamdulillah most almost all the Mizan teachers have been students of Munataha, and one would find that, there is a very similar thread in the manner of teaching in the worldview, in the approach to education in, into the approach in the approach to our dean and to our students and alhamdulillah in a sense that uh, mona legacy runs within the D, the dna of mizan institute it is a representative of his legacy uh, within the community and we are but one institute and there are many 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 others many other of his students have started their own institutes and are, are now also uh, perpetuating his guidance and his message within the community so his effect is definitely felt by all and inshallah will be continued to be felt by all inshallah alhamdulillah i i want to now um uh, first of all thank uh, brother maulana irshad uh, from isnad academy for agreeing to host the program and i will hand over to him too to host our commemoration event may allah bless and protect
1: I
2: mean allahu <laughs> khairan maulana khaleel uh, Bismillah the last Subhanallah, the last couple of weeks have been some of the hardest in uh, my life and in the lives of many of the family and friends uh, especially students of Mawlana Taha Karan uh, to the world, uh, he may have been Mufti Taha Karan but to us he was our Ustad our Mawlana um, we had a very special relationship with him, Rahimahullah Taala, and uh, it's losing him has been very, very hard. Um, Ten years ago, uh, on Friday, I lost my father, Rahimahullah Taala, and then on Friday I lost uh, my spiritual father, um, my father in. Um my father in Ilm. Uh, it was it was difficult, but today we are not speaking about personal loss. So one of my colleagues and teachers, Hafidhahullahu uh, ar Abdurrahman Khan, he will be here, inshallah ta'ala, a little later on. He sent me a message um, saying, I can't imagine how losing your father must have felt if this is what losing Mawlana must have felt. And then for the entire day yesterday, I was thinking about it and uh, last night I said, you know what, Molina uh, Certainly losing my father was more painful. It was more painful, but from a perspective of emotional pain, uh, psychological pain and uh, personal pain, because we had a personal relationship. Uh, losing Molina was difficult because there was a spiritual connection. But it was more painful because of what we as an Ummah have lost. and the difficulty in conveying just what that ex- uh, what that includes. So uh, subhanallah, the pain, whilst being different, was and continues to be immense. Um we've lost a jewel, not for Cape Town, not for South Africa, but for the world. The Ummah has lost. Uh, one of its shining lights in the form of Mawlana Taha Quran, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Um, you know, today, inshallah, we have a, a beautiful lineup of some of Mawlana's students. Um, I'm very honored to call myself a student of, of Mawlana Taha, even though none of us feel like we can do that term justice. Something that I spoke to Mawlana Khalil about as well. Uh, but something that's that's sort of uh we, we want to speak about his character but something that relates to that is have a look at the at the chain of 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 transmission so you have Malna Taha and then you have all of his students so you'd expect that all of his students would be like you know mini Malatahas, dressing like him and and speaking exactly like him and so on and whilst they all wish that they could be like him the reality is they've all kind of succumbed to the fact that you cannot be like him you can try <laughs> but uh, when they say that some people are irreplaceable you know when they say that that no one is irreplaceable and they've been saying that a lot for the last couple of days i actually become very irritated because wallahi if you knew malataha if you really knew malataha you wouldn't say no one is irreplaceable you would say okay there's very few people who are irreplaceable and he wallahi was one of them um, his students uh, we're very different we look different we have different likes and and Subhanallah, we, 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 we don't, you wouldn't necessarily just say that we are uh, all coming from the same source but there's something that, that we have in common and that is the love that was transferred uh, from our teacher to ourselves for one another, for the deen of Islam and for the pursuit of knowledge. Uh, he, he often would say that you get, you get different types of teachers, one teacher teaches a book, the other teacher teaches the subject. But then you get a third type of teacher and that is the teacher who inspires and uh, subhanallah um, if you were a student of of Malataha Quran even for one class you might not have understood a thing <laughs> that sometimes happens even though he simplified the most complex of issues to the most uh, basic way in the most basic way that that you would be able to appreciate it but something that you would be most certainly left with is inspiration. And uh, that is something that that we hope and pray we can hold onto and uh, you know transfer to to our students with we're going to look at his his life and biography, but Malna Khalil, I'd like to to ask you quickly. You know, right he he added this this way of explaining. The unique characteristic of of geniuses i don't know what the plural of geniuses is i think there's a special word like genii or something like that <laughs> that would say like you know because if you didn't know him you may even have thought that he was maybe like impolite or something for some of the things that you'd see like you'd walk into the library and um and Malataha is uh is reading <laughs> you would uh you would uh, perhaps go to him excuse me you'd perhaps go to him and you'd say uh, and uh, he would sort of see you there and continue reading and you'd sit and wait and wait and wait and he'd continue reading but if you didn't know him you would imagine that he's, he's being rude but if you knew him you would know that he's actually lost in the book and um by no means is he being rude or impolite he'll get to you but you just chose a very bad time to disturb him subhanallah because when he's in a book and he's really into that book he's in another world Manana, tell us about his personality he's his unique character and how we consider him to be different from everybody else bismillah um alhamdulillah i i think i mentioned in a
0: previous program that uh all beauty is really uh, all created beauties within Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in his in his in his being Allah placed complete beauty and complete light and the more that we can emulate and imbibe those characteristics of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the more beautiful we are as people and I think definitely with with many of our our teachers and Including in Mulnata as well, Mawlana had abundance of character uh, characteristics of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and and that's why, if one has to explain the the love and the affection and the grief we have, it's not just because he was an intellectual genius or he had encyclopedic knowledge or he had deep wisdom, it was also because of that that character that we speak about that the the way he carried himself, and there are a number of aspects uh, uh, to that. Um, and one of that is is that the that the uh, used to be completely immersed and love learning and mm-hmm. reading and growing and he was never a positional authority i know and you don't know he was always, uh, we are on the journey of knowledge. We are completely uh, on the journey of knowledge. The only difference is that he was traveling at uh, 300 kilometers an hour <laughs> and we're traveling at 20 kilometers an hour. So it's a very unfair race because the, the more you travel, the bigger the gap grows. But alhamdulillah, we... we, we it was. It was and, and, and the other thing I, I think about him is that is that he had this immense love, not only for his students, he had mm. this immense love for people and for humanity, mm, and it showed all the time. And 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 this really, um, this it really shone through. And the students, mm. and he had love for even any student. You don't have to be a a, a one of the top students. You could be so almost a dropout student, and he would love Absolutely. you as well.
2: Mawlana Khalil, we have Mawlana Mu'adh Ali with us, Hafizhullah Ta'ala, another one of our teachers and uh, SubhanAllah I asked you about you know that, that unique thing that he spoke about with Mawlana Taha uh, in terms of the characteristic of, of geniuses and you know SubhanAllah um, Mawlana Mu'adh had a very special relationship with Mawlana Taha Kiran, Hafizhullah Rahimahullah Ta'ala so we welcome him uh, to the stream Inshallah. Mawlana Mu'adh, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh um, Malina, I know it's been a very very difficult um, few weeks and uh, all of us you know even last up until last night we were wondering how we're going to keep it together for uh, this particular program I know it's been difficult for Malina as well uh, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant contentment to the hearts of the bereaved and uh, we we would love to uh, to hear from from Maulana about uh, Maulana's own experience with Maulana Taha and uh, what what we can what we can benefit of uh, the beautiful character that he was uh, and that he had. Bismillah.
3: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar Rahim. Firstly, I want to say that some of the ulama have said that mautul alimi, mautul alam. That when a scholar passes away it is as if the entire dunya has come to an end and for many of us that are the colleagues and students of malataha that is how we feel these days the void that has been generated by his demise allahu akbar we feel that there is no one that can fold that gap individually allahu akbar the man that malataha was the alim that he was it it is a rarity really we've had a man such as him anyone that would spend two or three minutes with him would immediately immerse himself into encyclopedic knowledge Malata was such a man that you could be eating lunch with him you could be going to him with him to nando's which was his favorite takeaways by the way and uh it would be the equivalent of sitting in a dars, a dars of Bukhari or a dars of a book of fiqh. uh, Names of ulama from all the ages, minute and intricate details of Masail would flow from his tongue like honey dripping. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Anybody that knows Mawlana Taha that made contact with him, an immediate impact uh, would be made uh, upon you. And people know him in various capacities, Alhamdulillah. Some know the Alim and they've benefited from him. And some know the men. Some know the men, like, for example, his family, who will even know the in his house, what kind of a man he was and the kindness he would have for his family other than them. Uh, in certain ways, we can liken this to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Allah commanded his wives also that they must take note of what is happening in the house of the Prophet of Allah so that they can convey that information to others and so that others uh, could benefit. And to many of us in this time, Taha was one of the best representatives of the ease of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him. And he inherited not only the beautiful amana, the beautiful duty of teaching people Allah's deen, he also inherited the sufferings of the Ambiyah. He also inherited the sufferings of the Anbiya. Allahu Akbar. Many people who had bad things to say about him on the day of Qiyamah, they will be shocked to see how the high esteem that Allah holds him in, inshallah, inshallah. We do not tell Allah who is ulama'a, we do not tell Allah who is pious people are. But in our best and humble understandings, certainly ma'ala not ta'aha. ulama You do not know her. Truly what we have lost, any of the students, they are there in the days. The great father figure has been lost. For me personally this year, I lost my actual father, Mawlana Muhammad Tayyab Ali. And now I've lost my father in illness well. Some look upon me as, as, as the colleague of Munata'a, but I would never dare to call myself his colleague. I have, to, I have to call myself his student, alhamdulillah. There were certain thinkings in my life, and I continued on that path. It would not have been a path of goodness. Although I'd completed my studies as an alim, I think perhaps there was a certain harshness certain etiquettes of the ulama perhaps i did not possess it but it was via the kind oversight of Malataha that i was guided in a different direction certain branches of knowledge alhamdulillah i i, I dipped my toes uh, into it but alhamdulillah via Malata, we were allowed to go deeper into those sciences and gain deeper understandings Many today, inshallah, will speak about the greatness. that is Malata and that greatness has so many aspects. Allahu Akbar. You cannot imagine. If I were to just focus on one that perhaps has not been mentioned and that is the generosity of this man. Financially and in person. Allahu Akbar. Financially and in person. Allahu Akbar. As for financially. Anybody that knew, that was a student of his or an associate of his, if he came to hear that you he were in financial difficulty, he would make a plan. And he would come to you and he would tell you that whatever debt you have, it is settled entirely. You don't need to worry. Malata was not that friend that you needed to come to him and tell him, Malana, I am in need. He was that friend. It doesn't matter which avenue via which he found out that you were in need you would make an effort to fulfill your need the very epitome of the statement that a friend in need is a friend indeed and what i understand from that is that if you know somebody that is in need and you are prepared to assist them then you have informed yourself that you truly consider that person a friend if you are not prepared to help somebody with their in need, then that person is not your friend. That person is an associate. That person is somebody that you came across, etc. But really, Malana Taha was the friend of us all. In fact, the father of us all. And we feel that like we have lost a father, and we are thinking where will we will be find guidance at the moment. Inshallah, we are trying to find solace in each other's arms. The intellectual gap that is left by this great alim, we are hoping that as a collective, in some way or the other, we can fulfill the am'ana. But deep down, we know, Allahu Akbar, that there are few, few that are the caliber of this man. Also, continuing with the idea of financial generosity, everywhere you went with Manana Taha, you would see people approaching him for finance, and you would see Manana Taha immediately providing finance. Once we came out of Masjid Al-Quds and he had just delivered a lecture there and they had given him something as a token of appreciation and maybe to assist him with petrol and so forth. It was in, in, in an envelope, the amount was not known to him, it was not known to me. But as we were exiting the Masjid, somebody approached him and indicated that they were poor and needy. And immediately he took the envelope and he gave it to that individual. And this is a thing that was happening wherever we went in the world. We were together in Egypt, Alhamdulillah. And every day we would go to the book fair. And then people would be approaching us for money. And not in one instance did anybody provide the poor with money more than Mullah So such a degree, and Mullah Riyad can attest to this, that one day we came to the book fair alone. Mullah was not with us. And people asked us for money, and we gave. And all they they, they could say is, (laughs) where is Sheikh Taha? Aina Sheikh You understand? Because they knew that he was the most generous amongst us. You understand? And whatever we had given them, it could not be the equal of what would have given them. And this is generosity financially. Generosity of person. We know that there are individuals that have spoken out against him, that have written against him, and were it limited only to scholarly differences, and the etiquettes of ijtihad were considered, and the etiquettes of scholarly difference were considered, then it would be easy to forgive differences. In fact, there would be no need to forgive, inshallah. It is the way of the mujtahidun, it is the way of the ulama, that in masail that are not qat'iyah definitive, there will always be some type of a difference, inshallah. But we, sh- we should be generous with one another. But some have referred to him in ugly terms and some have not practiced with regards to his intentions and regards to his, his practices. But Mullah Taha was forgiving. I've listened to various ulama now these last few days and read their writings regarding Maulana Taha. And one was of an alim of UK. It mentions that in one of the lectures he listened to Malata recently, he heard Malata saying that he has come on the level, Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, where he forgives everybody that ever had anything negative to say about him. But he was struggling with one alim that particularly went out of his way to say ugly things. But in that particular lecture and that particular Dars he says that today he forgives even that alim. Allahu Akbar, I do not know if I, if I can even have such a generosity of person. Where a man is made doom of me repeatedly, yet I forgive him. And it is one of the gifts of Allah that Allah has given Allah the opportunity to clear his heart entirely before his demise. I'm reminded of a hadith with the Prophet of Allah told his Sahaba. The next sahabi that is about to enter into the masjid, he will go straight to Jannah. He will go straight to Jannah, and then everybody was thinking maybe it's Abu Bakr, maybe it is Umar. It must be a great sahabi that will enter this, this majlis, but then it was a fairly unknown sahabi, very unpretentious individual, and it caused some people to lose interest because they couldn't figure out the reason. One Sahabi, ever followed him the entire day, studied him. He didn't notice anything special. He sought his permission to spend the night with him. He didn't notice anything special. Yes, he might but all the Sahaba made taajud. Tajud was not something special amongst the Sahaba, it was a thing all the Sahaba did. So he approached the man and said to him, This is what the Prophet said about you. What is it that you do that sets you apart from all of us? What is the special act? that you do that has caused you to gain your Jannah with the Nabi of Allah is able to say while you are alive that you are going to go to Jannah and then he said, I know of no, no such thing. I know of nothing. that sets me apart. But after a while, he thought about things and then he said there is one thing that I do. Perhaps it is this and he said every night before I go to sleep. I ask myself, is there any bad feelings I have in my heart towards any Muslim? And if I discover any bad feeling, I release the ill feelings out of my system. I make sure that I fall asleep with only love for the Muslim. Uh, and it's you, the elders know, I'm going to conclude in the statement, inshallah. As you, the elders know, and the students of Allah Taha. Uh, sleep and, 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 and death. They are equated with one another in the Quran. And so alhamdulillah, Allah has gifted our father and Allah has gifted our brother that he has left the world, with his heart cleansed of dislike for any Muslim. And so we hope inshallah, this is one of the things that will earn him Jannah, the highest uh, of, of, of Jannahs. And uh, Allah knows
2: best. khairan for the beautiful uh, explanation of who Allah was. Um and I pray that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala brings contentment to our hearts. The pain is um somewhat inexplicable. Um and and as I as I said earlier and I reiterate, it's not just our personal connection uh with Taha that causes us such pain but the loss to the Ummah. Molina often, in the general public, people look upon Molina, yourself, uh, our Ustad, as a, as a contemporary or as a colleague of Molina as Molina mentioned. Um, but I know that, that in Molina's own description, uh, that is not the case, Molina sees him as a teacher. But it's very difficult for, for people who don't have uh, technical dini knowledge to kind of conceptualize that. Can Molina perhaps refer back to the anecdote where Molina once asked Molina what his age was? And um, try to figure out how many years it would take to catch up to, to Malnataha and, and what that conversation took place like.
3: Bismillah. Allahu Akbar. I need you to understand that in age, Malnataha was five years older than me. In age, but when it comes to ilm, I think that Malnataha was 5,000 years ahead of me. Even if I were to live another 5,000 years, I will never be the equal of what that man was. Allahu Akbar. Any masala of ilm that you were struggling with and you couldn't figure it out, all you had to do is you had just had to turn to Mulan And he would be able to easily give you the answer. And he would be able to give you references from memory. And if he didn't know, and who is there that knows everything but Allah? And if he didn't know, he would be able to tell you, go look it up in this book and go and look it up in that book. Allahu Akbar. Once I spoke to Ta, I said, Mawlana, sometimes I despair when it comes to the studying of Allah's Deen, I've been studying Allah's Deen for almost three decades now, but I feel that I have not even scratched at the surface. I've not made a dent at what Ilm is. Sometimes I feel that this fraternity it is not for me. I am too weak to be in this fraternity and I should leave it to better people. And then Malata would tell me, with his sage wisdom, Allahu Akbar, with his sage wisdom, he would say, Mulana, it depends what is your approach to Molana. If it is your approach that when you study Allah's deen, and it provides you with the greatest joy that you are able to take in this Noor that Allah light passed to his Rasul Alaihi Wasallam and you have the opportunity now to take from that Noor and you have the opportunity to pass that Noor to others. If that is you that is enjoying Ilm like that, then take glad tidings that there will always be more Ilm left until the day that you die. But as for Ilm. Ilm will never give you all of it. And yeah, I'm reminded of one of my teachers, Walla al-Haq, Rahimahullah with mercy, that he used to tell us that Ilm is a very jealous thing. If you give a portion of yourself to Ilm, then Ilm will give you nothing of it. And if you give the whole of yourself to Ilm, then Ilm will give you a portion of it. And yes, Allahu Akbar, certainly, نطع, he said, what Al Hav Al Wafir, he said, were the most abundant portion amongst all of us in South Africa in this day. And there's no one, as far as I know, that can take uh, the place that Mulana Taha held. However, it is our responsibility to serve the Ummah, and inshallah, as a collective, we, 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 we should do the best that we can to take his place and to fulfill. Uh, the amana that Allah has placed upon us and to continue Amen. the legacy that was Maulana Taha. It is my fervent desire and wish, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to end on this, that we, the students of Maulana Taha, whatever we have learned, we must take it to the four corners of the world. And we must make sure that every day of Maulana Taha's life in the Barzakh, in the burial world, that the rewards upon the rewards must fall into his grave. And this condition every day must be improved until the day of Qiyamah. To us, he is a Shafi'i a sagheer the minor Imam Shafi'i. And Imam Shafi'i's teachings continue more than a thousand years after his demise. And I am sure that due to the barakah of this man that was Mawlana Taha, his teachings will also continue. To us, he is the small Shafi'i, the minor Shafi'i, and Allahu Akbar. We
2: must take his legacy further. Inshallah. Ameen. Ameen. Um, I know it was really difficult to get through that. Even just to listen to Malala Subhanallah. Um, the image of Malala speaking to Malala in the office and in the library. Ya yeah, Rab, Allah grant him the highest place in Jannah. And Amen. reunite him with those whom he loved. And he loved no one more than the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba. The only individual he loved more than that, the only being was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairan, manana. And we pray that Allah keep you healthy and strong and keep you with us for many, many more years that we may benefit from you. Uh, and, and that you be a conduit of His knowledge. Jazakumullah khairan, for giving me
3: the opportunity to share some words regarding Munata. Really appreciate it. As <laughs> salamu
2: alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanallah, um, the memories just keep flooding back, you know, I had the good fortune of being Mawlana student and then Mawlana asked me to, to come and teach at the Madrasa in Strand for a few years I was there and um, Subhanallah, what, what a personality, what akhlaq. Um As Mawlana Mu'ad said, often people speak about his uh, didactic memory, his uh, photographic memory, they speak about his depth of knowledge, but for those who knew him personally, It was so much more than that subhanallah and what is amazing it is it is wallahi it's a miracle that someone so great in his field managed to stay somewhat anonymous among the greater public that's unheard of um in any other place in the world if somebody reached the status of such caliber within any particular field there'll be a celebrity and yet the celebrities so to speak those were so well known among the scholars of dean uh, have the world to say about Mullah Taha And now, welcome back, Mullah Khalil Hendriks. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Mullah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. It was uh, very difficult to listen to uh, for, you know, for so many reasons, subhanallah. Um, and now, uh, inshallah, we, we will, hopefully we'll be joined by Mullah Muhammad Kaur and uh, Mullah Zakaria. Hanaka shortly. Mulla, if, if I could just mention so, something about Mullah in the Rasati as well.
0: Bismillah. Ah. I mean, just to—I uh, just—I mean, just how, how many of us have people that we would say, "Write down your debts. I'll take care of it." Uh, we had a message from one of the alumni chat. Uh, he was about to leave the Madrasa because he had financial difficulties. His mother was ill. Molotov said, "Write down your debts. I'll take care of it. I'll give you a stipend. I'll put your mother on my medical aid." It's just unbelievable that kind of
2: generosity. When I was—and he was in, and he wasn't, he I, wasn't I was, a wealthy person. Allah wasn't a wealthy <laughs> person like it's not like this is a rich you know philanthropist giving people money he was just a struggling alim but he would he would basically <laughs> he was the living embodiment of that sorry to cut your words Malna. and i mean
0: i i was i was with maulana in egypt in a separate occasion and aside right. from giving to everybody that asked there was one or two occasions where maulana actually missed someone the maulana would give money to a student and say i missed that person go give them money which is like unbelievable. If you've been to Egypt, you know what I mean. Everybody's asking you for money, and it's just, it's just unimaginable.
2: And I was with Mallah in Egypt on a separate occasion as well, and uh, I, wallahi I witnessed the same thing. In actual fact, when we walked, I walked with Mallah to the Qabr of uh, Imam Shafi'i, rahmatullah alayhi, and then afterwards the Qabr of Ibn Hajar al Asqalani, rahmatullah <coughs> Excuse me which was a very special moment in my life you know being alone with Mullah Ta at the Qaber of Imam Shafi'i, Shafi'i Sagheer Inda Shafi'i kabir and um, you know even in the most serious of moments Mullah would, would would be able to make a joke and and this is something that the students knew so we're standing at the Qaber of Imam Shafi'i Mullah is making dua and um, you know I'm, I'm standing there and I'm dumbstruck and I'm a student so I know the duas that you can make you know and then I, I told Mullah, uh, Mullah, um, what did my say now what, what, what must I say you know in my nervousness because I'm still I was a third-year student subhanallah I'm still very really in awe of him and he says uh, well you can say <laughs> And Allah. you just had this this way of, of bringing, you know, <laughs> a light-heartedness we had
4: that
0: we had was a that of, of the moments. Moments. You know, we got the camera of Imam Shafi, Rahim the Imam Al-Taw goes one side and he sits there and he makes intense dua. And we obviously observing him from a distance. And then yeah. afterwards, we're like, Maula, he went into a hal. He said, what? Like, they can slap now. You know, he was very really like, he was very really just, <laughs> SubhanAllah. Subhanallah.
2: Uh, inshallah, I'll invite onto the stream Malana Zakaria, Hanukkah as well. Malana Zakaria, Aiyuhi, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Okay, we'll give Malana a moment to to come back. I think is is just in the background there. Um, but Subhanallah, the the impact, uh, the ilmi impact in in South Africa and in the world, ملنا, um Subhanallah, as you mentioned earlier on, Malana Taha, other than coming back to South Africa. And making deen and the study of deen accessible at such a high level i mean the type of books and the type of uh, knowledge that he made accessible locally people would generally have to study for many many years in other countries and then uh, be able to access books of that nature like and you know various books like this and contemporary works as well he didn't just take a classical syllabus and replicate it he put his genius into finding the, the most cutting-edge works within a particular science for various reasons to show us that the science is very much alive. These are authors that you, that you can still meet, that you can still uh, go to and, 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 and uh, gain directly benefit from. Um, but over and above that, you know, making the deen and the, and the study of deen accessible, Molina also uh, produced so many ulama you know and the list is so extensive subhanallah and the, the list of ulama that came from the the tutelage of Malna uh, Rahimahullah Taala, they are so impactful in the community today not just in our own community but around the world, Canada, Australia, uh, you name it there is there's, there's a student of Malnataha taking uh, the deen forward there subhanallah and then if one looks at, at the structure of, of all of the facilities in Cape Town now all of the courses which are available, the schools which are available, um, Daru Na'im and all of its affiliates, Mizan, Zahra, uh, Qamar, uh, everything, Isnad Academy subhanallah, it's the list can go on, uh, they all find the Isna, they all find the link back to to Taha, uh, before I ask your comment on that let me just uh, welcome onto the stream Mullah Zakaria Hanika, assalamu Alaikum Wabarakatuh and Bismillah both of you by all means uh, take take the opportunity to to comment on your view of how Mullah Taha impacted uh, the ilm in South Africa and in the world um, I think I think first of
0: all, um Ta always attributed success to two things. He attributed success, obviously, number one, to Allah Taala, and number two, he always attributed success to the du'as of his teacher. I think for me, it was a very profound lesson that he always said that this is through the du'as of our teacher that they, that there are these successes, and I think that any impact uh, that we have that Allah is. As facilitated is also through the du'as of our teacher because I think we as students uh, sometimes I, I would I would feel embarrassed to call myself a student of Molata because when you meet him you, you do know that you don't really fit into that uh, uh, that category and uh, so I think any any impact that he has is really through his du'as and his teacher's du'as uh, Alhamdulillah and I think if if one thinks about the impact you can think of an intellectual impact but also I think there's a a certain fire that burnt within Malnatar, like a passion that burnt with, within him. And when you sat with him, he infused you with that passion that you just felt that this is my life's mission to take the message of Rasulullah to the world. And that because one could have a lot of academic tools and depth and not feel that motivation. And he was just he was the embodiment of that motivation. And just being with him, just fired you up and just set your purpose and your and your direction was that clear, sound well i think you're on veto you're a bit soft it's a bit better it's a little bit soft but it's a bit better now i think it's good. Be- bismillah i can talk
5: as salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi
0: wa barakatuh. Walaykum wa as salam wa barakatuh. It's still slightly soft, soft, Mona. We can hear you, but softly. just give me a second. How's
5: it now? How's it now? Bismillah. As alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Um we're discussing the, the 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 academic and intellectual impact of al-Taha, if I'm not mistaken. Right? So, um, I can't begin to explain the the intellectual and academic prowess of Maulana. Um I think that uh, Malena Muadh already touched on that. but as Malak Khalil mentioned at the very beginning. Um he wasn't aloof from us. I just came from his, uh, from the maqbara now. Um, Hamdulillah, spent a few moments there, and I just thought to myself, you know, Subhanallah, how fortunate are we that this giant allowed like such, uh, you know, fools like me to sit with him. Um, and I think it was that openness and that willingness to allow you
2: know, to allow whoever was willing to benefit to enter your space. Uh, sorry, that, uh, Zakaria. Uh, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to cut your words, Habibi. Uh, I just want to invite uh, one of our other guests. that's also part of this particular discussion. Muhammad Kaur to the panel as well, inshallah, um, to discuss the, the most the worthy ones, but Subhanallah, Subhanallah, one of our seniors and other teachers. Uh, while I while I do that, please do also note that there are other there are other um, stakeholders and other schools that have been impacted, I can't possibly mention all of them by name, there's so many, subhanallah, there's a Darul Uloom uh, ladies branch, there's Daruna in Mitchell's Plain, there's Daruna in Strandfontein, there are so many, there's other schools around the world in Australia and so on, so please, uh, Ahbab, do forgive me, people are sending me messages, you forgot to mention this one, you forgot to mention that one, it would be impossible to mention the extent no, of the that impact na no, subhanallah absolutely this is in fact what this particular segment is about um so Insha'Allah, that we will get to that impact malana Muhammad, ko ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh malana marhaba assalamu
6: rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
2: um malana and malana mine repositioning malana's camera <laughs> it looks as though we we uh malana wants to show off his his good side subhanallah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Malina, I will hand over to the, to the Ahbab, insha'Allah ta'ala. The, the topic again is the impact uh, that Malna Taha had on the acquisition of ilm and the extent and the depth of ilm uh, in South Africa and, and the world, insha'Allah. you can carry on, She was our
0: teacher,
5: we should give him preference to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, have right.
2: yeah, the, 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 uh, you I know. uh, I think... Uh, yeah. You may need to plug in some earphones. We're getting a bit of an echo from... from I think it's from Muhammad's side. But uh, if not, I'll, I'll take care of it now, inshallah. Ta'ala.
3: Wow.
5: I have my earphones in. I'm. chat is very uh, particular with his uh, audio, so I have my earphones in. Mullah, so I don't think it's me. Um. Yeah. What What I was saying was that Munatua, in the manner in which he had his classes, despite the fact that it was hidden from everyone, despite the fact that it was not not really hidden, but it was tucked away in a like very uh, peculiar place in first in 40, and then in Strand, or even before that, you know, in the Majid in Strand, and then in 40, and like I'm telling you, most people, they can't, don't if they picture a madrasa, they'll never picture the place that it is. Um, like, whenever Muhammad can tell you about that, they'll never, ever picture the place that it is. But yeah. it was open. Anyone could sit there. Just now, recently in Ramadan, we had some classes, and, and I, uh, was responsible for like getting the other classes in and telling because you know the madrasas is like this everybody teaches they have their classes but when malata teaches then everybody wants to be there even the teachers so uh it's as if everything stops and malata starts teaching and we fill up that uh, that library uh, so we included the fourth years to the final years we told all of those years they can join the class and then there was a boy in second year or a uh, young man in second year was like sitting behind one of the shelves trying to hide away so that he doesn't get seen. But Mala Ta said, no, when he saw him, he asked, "Who is was that day behind the, the shelf? And he told him, come, like, come sit with us. This is, you know, f- for everyone. And um. A- and I think that is part of the, the reason for which Mullah had such great benefit. He allowed us all, even us, like, he didn't say, you know, why on earth must I teach you guys, you lowly people of low intellect and low uh, him and, and zeal, etc. No? He allowed us to be in his space and to learn from him. And he encouraged us all the time and he inspired us and he showed confidence in us. And he would, you know, when he would give us tasks, sometimes we would think to ourselves, subhanallah, how on earth is this man, you know, giving me this responsibility. But uh, that's what he did to all of us. Man. He, he, he never made any of us feel weak even those that perhaps were academically weak, he never made them feel like they didn't have a role to play in the dissemination of that knowledge. And so every single student of has felt that they had the ability to teach on some level. And we would meet, I mean, as, uh, as students of Malina, as, an, as alumni, we would meet w- with him. And every time we'd meet initially, he would ask everybody, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And it go through every single one of us. And he didn't want to hear I mean, you could tell him everything. Okay, I'm working, I'm driving a taxi, I'm doing whatever. But he was more intent on hearing what you were doing in terms of teaching the legacy of Rasulullah. How were you connecting people to Allah? That's what he wanted to hear. Even if it was teaching in an afternoon madrasa or having one private student or whatever the case may be, that's all he wanted to, to hear from his students. And that made him uh, very, very proud. So I think just the, you know, despite the intellectual giant that he was, the fact that he included everyone, even those far, far, and, and well, most of us, definitely me, are far, far removed from his ability. But he still allowed us, and he inspired us to do something. Um, to do something in that regard, and I think that's a that played a big role in in disseminating Molina's own legacy and his own thought throughout the Western Cape, throughout the country, and even beyond, uh, you know, our own country to the rest of the world. That you would entrust other people to uh, to do that and inspire them as well. And that's why, you know, as Mola Shah was mentioning, we have sister institutes, a few of them in Malaysia. We have sister institutes in Australia. We have, uh, you know, there's alumni of a Madrasa teaching in some of the biggest institutes in America, in um, in Canada, in uh, like all over the world, throughout Africa, throughout South Africa, all over the world, the students of Malala Taha. And I think most South Africans or Katonians especially didn't even recognize that or didn't even give that the second thought and only came to hear a little bit about that, you know, after Malala's passing, but subhanAllah. That's just...
0: Maybe uh, we let me can ask, ask, ask Mohammed Muhammad. Um, I think Malala... How do, how do we explain the difference um, between what Malna Tawah had and someone who has lots of knowledge or information. But like what about his, his approach to knowledge uh, was was different or was striking, uh, if we had to kind of break it down? Uh,
6: Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu ala Allah, wa sallam. Uh, thank you for the question. Um... uh, I think in... uh, Manalta, When we think of him and then uh, we can only liken him to the giants of the past. And uh, two of the giants that come to mind and the similarities are very stark it would be Imam Shafi'i as a start and Imam in light of the question that you're posing um, uh, uh, dr muhammad saeed ramadan al Buti has a book in which he chose to uh, mention the biographies of certain of our luminaries and the title reads certain personalities that you know that grab my attention of all the luminaries one such personality would be um, uh, Imam Al Ghazali, and then he mentioned the reason why Imam Ghazali, why single Al Ghazali, is a few biographies, about five or six or seven or eight. I can't remember exactly, but he mentions the reason why he chose those particular biographies, and the reason why he chose Imam Ghazali's biography was Imam Ghazali was such that whenever he engaged in a science. You did not just develop a working knowledge about the science you'll become a master in that particular science. um so uh, last night uh, one of uh, our dear colleagues and also students of monata was um, contemplating about the narration of the prophet that talks about the um the the, the 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 time will come when there will be a lack of knowledge and the lack of knowledge is directly tied into the lack of scholars so allah doesn't remove knowledge in a sense that today there's knowledge and tomorrow there's no knowledge we wake up and we wake up into a world that is absolutely no knowledge how allah removes that is by removing the scholars so uh, my dear friend and colleague he was mentioning that he could never really practically um, uh, um, uh, uh, experience in his, in his uh, capacity, this narration. Because you always look at, at, at scholars and say, okay, so, so-and-so so passed away. But in his mind also, there's the replacement. The reality of this narration dawned upon him with the passing of Manata. Because experientially, he could no longer say that, okay, Manata has passed away, here's his replacement. One of those persons, and... Uh, you know, if you're having a particular discussion, and uh, you know, like, if 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 it's basically a layperson, whatever it may be, not only in Islamic knowledge, let's say a layperson in terms of engineering, then you know, a layperson can't really gauge, you know, the the, the level of that engineer because he's a layperson. But if one engineer is talking to another engineer, then the one can gauge the level of the other one. One of our contemporary uh, scholars and we had a good relationship with Munna he probably had the most profound thing to say, and I'm just regurgitating what uh, a colleague of mine mentioned to me. Uh, so Manna Hussain is an is scholar, is, is is a bibliophile, he's well-read, and so forth. He he shared the sentiment. He, he based his sort um, of uh, uh, on what Sheikh Muhammad Awama had said before, in terms of you know uh, Allah SWT will replace and so forth. In his estimation and our experience is that there are certain individuals that cannot be replaced. And uh, in terms of uh, uh, the intellectual giant that he was and the academic giant that he was and the luminary that he was um, uh, from certain aspects is just simply irreplaceable. Uh, talking about the, 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 the greatness of the man, just uh, the, this morning um, we would uh, but this needs to balance, be balanced out with the following discussion. In our understanding, the individual is irreplaceable. When we look to the loss of the Prophet wasallam, he too was irreplaceable. But the legacy of the Prophet continued. And the companions, despite the great loss that they felt, they realized the, 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 the responsibility. They realized the responsibility. They, they realized the responsibility. And what was the responsibility? um that look uh, we, we lost the prophet but
0: uh,
6: in terms of that legacy which he left to us, that legacy must be embraced and that legacy must be passed on to posterity and they basically uh, assume that responsibility so number one is we, we, we certainly feel the greatness of the of the loss and it's to a certain degree replaceable but at the same time what he left us with in terms of that legacy that legacy must be uh, sort of continued and uh, I think, uh, um, particularly, there's a number of aspects that you know one can one can focus on, uh, but uh, we have this since uh, post-colonialism. Uh, we had this phenomenon of Muslim minorities, new know, diasporas, and I think particularly, uh, Maulana's understanding, his deep understanding of the Sharia, on the one side, and then implementing the sharia in a muslim minority setting in a diaspora setting Um, not only can uh, we as muslims as a muslim minority in the southernmost top of africa benefit there from but muslim diaspora all over the world in terms of monna's contribution in this particular regard all of us can can stand to benefit we know and all of us attest to this particular fact we were reading in some introduction uh, yesterday or the day before. Rather, we, we were reading it in the very uh, uh, one of the fatawa that Manna wrote and that spoke about We, you know the Sharia, that this way of life which Allah has blessed us with, it is suitable for every time and every place. In this 21st century, in the diaspora that we find ourselves, we believe firmly in principle that the Sharia is relevant. But sometimes you need somebody to highlight and point out to you how relevant it is and how it needs to be applied in this particular uh, situation. And I think that to a large degree, one of Mona's great concerns was uh, uh, Muslim minorities in the diaspora. It was at times uh, 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 the condition of Muslims within uh, the diaspora in terms of minorities sometimes used to you know be such that mona was very it used to used to be exuberant about it but at the same time this was balanced out with a great concern because of the history of muslim minorities throughout the course of, of history so i think one for us particularly in in in, 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 in uh, living in a, in, in, in a muslim minority and that would apply to muslims in the west in general and this this is why his loss is felt uh, from 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 one perspective so greatly in terms in the west because the west really They are Muslim minorities, by and large, and they have uh, peculiar challenges that led to them. And Munna was able to create this balance between um, uh, no compromise in terms of practicing upon the Sharia, but also an appreciation of the real dynamic of existing within a dual legal system. So I think that is also one aspect of the great contribution that that, that Munna made. Uh, I don't know if time allows or whatever, but yesterday there was a fatwa. Uh, that we are just because one of the projects in terms of the legacy projects of Magna is that his fatwa, then is the fa- his fatwa is divided into different categories. One whole category would be the sort of informal fatwa that you would issue over WhatsApp, and one of the brothers is currently working on that. So we were reading through one or two of those, and really what came out there was, you know, that the Prophet was had a question, and the question was, uh, is it permissible for us to perform wudu from the sea water? So then the Prophet gave the answer yes it is permissible but then the Prophet understanding the reality in terms of the circumstances went beyond it and says look you can you can um, you can uh, perform wudu from its water and you can also eat from the you know the fish in the sea and uh, that is the prophetic vision and from there we extrapolate so much so when Manata is asked a particular question, understanding that this particular person asking the question exists within a Muslim minority, it not only gives you the answer, but it gives you how practically that should be implemented in the in, in, in the circumstances you find yourself in without compromising the Sharia and without setting yourself unnecessarily at loggerheads with the law that may be. Um, uh, and subhanAllah, this is like a divinely inspired uh, type of situation, Wallahu alam. Uh, so well, I, I, if if
0: if I, if I if i could mention also um the, i think the context also is important i think the one context you mentioned is is muslim minorities but i think the other context is that there's a, a rapid shift in global global ideology and that brings a great degree of confusion and i think that anchorage of molna was, was 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 very significant um was think I, I want to ask you about is 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 in Maulana's vast appreciation of the legacy, he has a unique quality in that he was able to traverse many internal Muslim groups, and somehow is is generally accepted by the groups, and therefore he produces some sort of internal cohesion within the Muslim uh, community. If you can maybe just comment on on how how does he how is he able to do that?
5: I think uh, one of the aspects of Malata's brilliance and his genius was his ability to uh, see things from a bird's eye view. Um, You know, he wouldn't teach any subject except that he would relate it to its context like very, very precisely. Um, And I I think, you know, the the students of Malata will know and other people that have heard him speak, he would always deal with an issue from the start of that issue in history, bring it to, you know, where we find ourselves now, discuss the issue in our context and how we move forward from here. Always with the intention of promoting, uh, you know, harmony within the house of Islam and warding of challenges from outside of the house of Islam against Islam and against that legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that was Molina's methodology that he also took from certain other scholars, um uh, one of his his big influences, Sheikh Ibrahim uh, Al-Qurani, um, the father of one of the teachers of another of his major uh, influences, um, and, you know, Mullah basically continued that tradition of understanding the positions of people for what they were from their perspective, right? And then measuring that with the yardstick of, you know, the, the tradition or the main Ahl-Sunnah and so he was able to deal with those issues like in a kind of a matter-of-fact way. Like Molina could, he could, you know, become a master in Shi'ism and he could refute the Shi'as definitively without becoming uh, ad hominem, without attacking any persons such that they could still attribute to his, uh, you know, his mastery afterwards. He could refute modernism with such eloquence and such ease, or you know, postmodernist ideas and and, and all ideas contrary to the uh, contrary to our to wrath, whatever elements of those uh, thought uh, paradigms or contrary to our to our legacy, he could refute them without necessarily attacking people, and in that way, people will be willing to listen to him, even the very person is refuting. Um, and they would respect him, and even then, some of them also write tributes to him after his passing. And I think that was one aspect of the genius of Molina. I you know uh, I was sitting with a friend of mine, also a student of Molina, who was, you know, a very, very close student of Molina, Molina Azar. He was telling me about um, Molina at a conference, at an Al Baraka conference last year uh, Islamic, on Islamic finance. And he said, you know, they were sitting there and uh, they were supposed to be at Madrasa. But they, uh, you know, obviously wanted to listen to Mona Taha. Because I don't know how come I wasn't there. But, because uh, uh, I'm ever ready to, uh, to run away to listen to Mullah Taha. So, um, he, they were sitting there and then Mullah came in and they were worrying, hey, is Mullah going to tell them now, why are you guys not at Matrasa, Who's uh, doing Anyways, Mullah came and he sat down and he told me hey, I need to prepare for this talk now, man. And then he said, Mullah, I wrote three words on the page in preparation for probably like a, you know how Mullah's talks were super in-depth, super well informed. There are three words on the page. Guess what those three words were? What? Past, present, future.
0: <laughs>
5: that was his preparation for the whole talk. And then he and then he basically just, you know, gave the whole history of Islamic finance in, in you know Western minorities after colonialism and and, you know, where we are currently, where we're heading from here. And it's just, he was able to have a bird's eye view of everything. Like, I know of, of, of colleagues and fellow students of MOLA who sat in, in a, a of MOLA perhaps for the first time. Where to them, it seemed as if this guy just gave the history of the whole world. He just put everything into perspective. And it's like that's insane. Like I, Subhanallah, sometimes I also used to just sit there and I just used to think to myself, like at some point, yeah, I'm not remembering this and I can't write it down either. So I just hope somebody's recording it so that we can go listen to it like 10 times afterwards and, and hopefully get something from it. But that was his, you know, I, I think that was part of his genius. He was able to synthesize things. He was able to look at things from a bird's eye view and he was able to deal with them in a somewhat matter of fact way. Um, while still being passionate about defending the tradition of Rasulullah, so, so maintaining his principal positions, while still expressing that prophetic character. Um, uh,
2: Malna Zakaria, uh, to, to, to add to your point, uh, I'd like to ask Malna Khalil. Uh, Malna, you came into the Darul Ulum al Arabiya al Islamia, uh, and I knew you from you know, our early days at Darul Naim and before that. Uh, and I remember that you had a profound uh, you know appreciation for general knowledge. You had quite a good uh, bank of general knowledge, alhamdulillah. What was your take when sitting in Malata as Durus, uh, when he started addressing things that was somewhat superficially unrelated to Islamic studies, like, for example, making uh, making, uh, examples with uh, quantum physics or speaking about agriculture or speaking about the history of the yahood or speaking about something in geography etc um as as a, as a person who had some academic background what was your impression when sitting with monotaha in his durus at that time
0: i i think uh, i think first of all um people find contentment in different ways some people find contentment in in and uh, i think there are many people who find contentment within, okay, ideas, within ideas that ideas, ideas and, and theories have to make sense and you know once someone gives you intellectual contentment then you feel at peace because all the pieces fit together because it's a certain personality type and i think it's it's within the within the i think it's within the genius of Monotaho that he was able to to not only have a deep deep reading of the legacy He would completely understand the current context, he would understand literature, he would understand economics, he would would understand astronomy, he would understand science in in a way that he is able to navigate that discussion with a professional. I think I'm sure many, many of the medical professionals after Malata is engaging with COVID now would be, probably be amazed at how much Malta would have read about it uh, and and be able to engage him. And then he goes to a finance conference and then the financial experts are gonna be blown away about this man's depth in, yeah, in As you in, can see, in, the, in
2: comment, the comment on screen by Abdulaziz Davids from Kegiso, Sharia board, uh, attesting <laughs> to exactly what you're saying. And, and, anything, and I think, Malak, I think anything. <laughs> Like you, I think people you, might, you people might think today. we're exaggerating.
0: Well, I, I think people might think that we're like, you know, you guys are students, you're just exaggerating now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys think you guys are cool now because you sat with him. It's not like that. It, it is just like like we wit- we witness this and it's not prepared also. It's not like Molna prepared for the question. The question came up randomly and then Molna would, would, <laughs> would... I remember we were once in the, in the conference and someone raised something about the 13th tribe of the Bani Israel, the one conference, and Malna would just like pull out a a mini-thesis like out of his pocket. And and that was just his his genius. But, But the effect of that, what I want to speak about is the effect of that is that it gives you intellectual contentment that what you are being taught makes sense not only from a historical legacy perspective, it makes sense from your lived reality within your world and i think that that fusion is what brought contentment to many many hearts those of those who were your students even those professionals who consulted him they found contentment in that in that joining (laughs)
2: in uh, in terms of of the relevance of information um you know Malataha had a unique Manhaj, a unique methodology wherein he would be able to marry in any classical traditional Islamic uh, discipline, he, he somehow managed to marry the classical works with contemporary knowledge in a balanced way that would neither uh, compromise the tradition while at the same time uh, thoroughly taking into consideration the uh, the contemporary uh, developments. Can Mona shed some light for us on on Ma'ana's own experience in terms of uh some of the the teachings of Malataha and some of your experiences in light of this mohammed no Marhaba. did Ma'ana, you hear the question
6: There's a loaded
3: question.
2: SubhanAllah.
6: Uh, But I agree with the question. I agree with the question. (laughs) But your question is almost like the answer also. So Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. (laughs) TabarakAllah.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, at this at, at this juncture, I'm going to ask uh, Malina Riyad Saluji to join us as well, inshallah, and I'll remove myself. Malina Riyad Saluji is also one of the graduates of Darul Ulum Al Arabiya Al Islamiyah in uh, the Strand, one of Malata's close students. He spent uh, some very valuable time with Malataha. Uh, the one biography that's going around, uh, uh, it's quite ubiquitous now, about Malataha, was penned by uh, Malina Riyad Saluji uh he is not in uh, South Africa at the moment in fact, I'm not quite sure he is know uh, he was based in Turkey for a while, but I will allow him to elaborate further <laughs> i
7: will
2: I will remove myself now and allow the co- the conversation to continue I will leave you are here to give us some uh, insights. Uh, in, in relation to Mu'nattah's biography and uh, some experiences you, you perhaps had with him for alayha <laughs> tafadda mashkura
7: Hafizhaka Allah, Jazakallah, Khairan, Olaan. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil alamin wa Salat wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Allahumma salli salatan kamilatan wa salim salaman tamman ala Sayyidina Muhammad tanhallu bi وَتَنْفَرِجُ بِهِ الْكُرَبِ وَتُطْلَى بِهِ الْحَاجَاتِ وَتُنَالُ بِهِ الرَّغَائِبِ وَحُسْنُ الْخَوَاتِمِ وَيُسْتَسْقَى الْغَمَامُ بِوَجْهِ الْكَرِيمِ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ فِي كُلِّ لَمْحَةٍ وَنَفَسٍ بِعَدَدِ كُلِّ معلوم لَكَ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته um, جزاكم الله خيراً for um, for permitting me to say a few words to my teachers uh, before me uh, have said, uh, I think truly uh, do encompass much uh, of what um, perhaps one might share about Molana Taha. Um, what I would like to do for a few minutes with your indulgence is to simply read something uh that i have been working on for the last two days it's uh, more of a personal reflection about Taha and um, his life and legacy for me Uh, a student of his um, always to be Always to be a student of his. It says The last lesson of Sheikh Taha Karan. Those who were graced to sit and learn at the feet of Shaykh Taha Karan soon realized our teachers are indeed Allah's greatest means to call us to true life. They are the inheritors of the messengers the custodians of divine knowledge, the keepers of his treasures and the dispensers of his gifts. In a world suffocating to death by the atheism of materialism, they are our lifeline to the divine through whom he revives and reforms. So indispensable are they to our material, intellectual, Emotional and spiritual well being, to our pursuit of the truest freedom and happiness, we forget that they too are subject to death's dominion. When many of Sheikh Taha's students, myself among them, first heard of his emergency admission to hospital due to COVID complications, we were forced to confront an eventuality that we never planned for much less expected the certainty that he must pass and sooner perhaps than later for two weeks sitting in the masjid courtyard during the juma service i stared at the quranic ayah inscribed above the tablet where the deceased are placed upon for their funeral prayer kullu nafsin ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Every soul will taste of death. So true. With each news of Shaykh Taha's steadily worsening condition, I tasted a little more of death and its inevitability. Yes, every soul must taste the portal of death, and the living must also taste the death of their passing. How many are decreed for me to mourn? Unless I predecease all those I love, I will live through many deaths. Will I mourn my parents or will they mourn me? In my most immediate family of seven, six of us will experience the death of one of us. Many will experience multiple deaths And one of us will experience the death of all six. So will it be, despite my denial, willful or otherwise. Allah is Al-Qahar, his will is irresistible. Nothing in creation escapes his law of entropy. Everything is in a state of extinction. Only he is the unchanging constant. I meant to realize the certitude through the experience of and the reflection upon the deaths of those near and dear. May we all realize the practical consequence of death's certitude. To die before we die and live ultimately a life worthy of meeting our Rabb. Has Shaykh passing increased me in this certitude? While we pray, and I hope we know that Shaykh Taha's teaching and scholarly contributions will continue to benefit the Ummah of Rasulillah for many generations to come. May we yet still sit at his feet one last time to appreciate his farewell and summative dars. What was the essence of the life and legacy of Shaykh Taha? It goes without saying that most can never even dream to match the breadth and depth of his ilm, nor acquire the innate divinely endowed talents of memory, intelligence, artistry, and eloquence. But Ilm is not intended or sought for its own sake. The fruit of Ilm is Akhlaq, beautiful inner character reflected in our words and deeds. Sheikh has life, legacy, and inheritance to each of us lies in this rich harvest. I remember, (coughs) I remember the very first time I met him Excuse me. In my mind, the image of a scholar described by his contemporaries as an ocean of ilm, the Sheikh of Shiyukh, and later a Shafi'i as saghir the little Shafi'i, radiyallahu taala anhu,ma only to encounter a man who was nondescript, humble to a fault, and seemingly had no sense of self or of accomplishment. As I grew to know him, I was struck by the simplicity of how he lived, often hand to mouth, quote unquote, turning over every cent as he once let slip shunning name and fame shying away from the limelight with every diplomacy he could summon as for his spiritual modesty it was intense in its innocence as simple as he lived And I was told that he never once possessed the Nisab for zakah. He was a sovereign sovereign king of generosity. He gave to those who needed as though he owned the riches of the world, defying the limits of positive liberality and shocking us with his spontaneous magnanimity. Once in Egypt, and Sheikh Mulana Mu'adh mentioned a story of that, Once in Egypt, and this is another story, once in Egypt at the annual book fair, he reached into his pocket and gave all the notes that he had to a woman who, we later learned, waited for him every year at that same place, relying on his largesse. His customer, he called her. Smiling his signature smile that lit up East and West. Few of his students, if any, are untouched by his munificent care, concern, time, and assistance. Miraculous stories from those that he touched have started to emerge about him. Many other anecdotes will for sure follow. He practiced what he preached with love and resolve, held himself to account with exacting standards, rigorously obeyed Allah's commandments and recommendations, and stayed away from his prohibitions and prescriptions. He maintained a generous buffer zone, not only between himself and the haram, but between that which was disliked, superfluous, and dubious in deen and he hinted at his students to do the same, but never imposed it upon them or others. He had incredible love for his teachers and the senior ulama. He visited them, honored them, lowered his head before them, served them and sought their counsel on large and small issues. And he worked tirelessly, tirelessly to build and not break, to unify and not fracture. He despised chauvinism, sectarianism, petty politics, religious vigilantism, and one-upmanship. It is a mark of spiritual maturity, he would say, to subordinate our personal subjective desires for the common welfare by obeying those tasked with religious authority. What defines Shaykh Taha for me is this harvest of eight akhlaq, and I think there are many more others, but what this miskin could see, could only see, are these eight. What defines Sheikh Taha for me is this harvest of eight akhlaq that are the fruit of his ilm, his humility, his tawadu'a, his spiritual modesty, his haya, his reverential asceticism, his zuhd, his generosity, his karam, his God consciousness, his taqwa, his scrupulous abstinence, his wara, his love his mahabbah and his respect, ihtiram for his teachers and spiritual etiquette, his adab with them, and a continuous concern for unity and common welfare for wahda. Shaykh has now shed his mortal coil and journeyed beyond trial and toil He is in spirit, purer and freer. In the envelope of the certitude, there is no goodbye or for, or, for, or farewell. In the envelope of the certitude, there is no goodbye or farewell. May Allah make the veil between us and our teacher in the unseen realm, thin and porous, May this next stage of his life herald a more sacred and meaningful relationship between him and us all. May Allah assist us to please him and continue to please him in the Barzakh realm with our deeds. Amin. May the tariqah of Shaykh Taha lead us to the presence of our master Taha sallallahu alayhi wa 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 sallam and may the namesake be united evermore in ways only Allah can know and bestow with our master sallallahu alayhi wa for the sake of whose sunnah he served and defended Exhausting. Exhausting all the energies of his brief life. Ameen.
2: Ameen, ay Rabbul Alameen.
7: Forgive me, say, I Just th- th- There's just one small thing. تفضل. As for those who wish to continue to see these refractions of Shayta in this world and the origin of the prisms of his beauty let them look no further than his mother our mother Hajja Zuleikha who lost her daughter Munadia in 2014 and then her husband Sheikh Yusuf in 2015 then her son Abdul Salam this year and now her final child Sheikh Tara But she remains, miraculously, an ever-flowing fountain of strength, of certitude, and reliance on Allah. Our mother, if I could, (laughs) I would stand before you now, I would kiss your forehead. I would kneel and kiss your feet. Whatever prayer you made for your children, please make it for us. May Allah be well pleased with you. Grant you the best of what he grants his most elect ibad and preserve you as a living witness to the beauty of his Tawheed. May he continue to elevate you, accept your sacrifices and give you strength and patience so that through your struggles, we may better learn and understand the meaning of our own lives and grow in steadfastness and yaqeen and grow in steadfastness in sabat and in certitude yaqeen.
2: Ameen. Ameen, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Jazakum Allah, Khairan uh, Shifriyab. Subhanallah, your uh, heart wrenching words have reached far and wide. May it reach this samawat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you contentment of heart and may this be a means, may this pain and this loss be a means of drawing you closer and closer to Ar Rahman. Uh, Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Uh, Manana. Riyad Saluji is uh, also a lawyer and um, another example of how Al Taha and uh, you know we, we say this with all humility and respect Amal would be able to address students of all different backgrounds and professions and uh, no matter their intellectual capability they would submit to, to his genius and his impact Subhanallah uh, Mawlana Riyad, uh, I, I would like to welcome on screen with you uh, Sheikh Ismail Lant, um who spent a beautiful time with um, mona Taha in Egypt. Uh, is there anything that you wish to say in conclusion, uh, Sheikh Riyad? Assalamu <laughs> alaykum wa Sheikh Ismail.
4: Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullah wa all alaykum.
2: Alaykum. Uh, ahlan wa sahlan uh, Shaykh Ismail um, I, uh, I know it's a difficult task to to ask of you to share with us some of your experiences uh, with Taha and, and your knowledge of his life and his biography uh but we we hope and pray that Allah Ta'ala grant you the strength to to conduct that for Bismillah
4: When um, listening to all the previous discussions, we, um, those who were blessed to interact with him and see him, we can vividly recall his expression when discussing deen and speaking as far as his passion in teaching was concerned. But I can also remember Molotaha's smiling face and uh, jovial nature and his lightning wit. He was a unique individual and well-rounded in all aspects of his life. Um, um, You mentioned about my time with him in Egypt and many uh, may not have known that long before the establishment of the um, in 1992, I um, was fortunate to be amongst those who met Maulana in uh, in Egypt when he was doing some some uh, postgraduate studies at the uh, Jamiatul Qahira, Cairo University, and um, uh, there was a gentleman with us from Mozambique who whom I lived by he was my father's colleague. A gentleman in his late 30s or early 40s, Sheikh Qasim Muhammad, that hit it off with Maulana Taha in relation to his wit and his jovial nature. So Maulana Taha would visit this gentleman frequently and me living there by the gentleman, I was fortunate to sit in his company in those days and to draw from whatever I could from him. But uh, oh, oh, and what happened as well was uh, in the beginning when I, when we just got there after our years in Newcastle, we had a major problem with uh, the Egyptian dialect, and Molina was the one who would unravel certain uh, basic texts for us. So for me personally in Qiraat, where the lecturers would have explained in the Egyptian dialect, and I would not have understood a thing. It took us some time to get to grips with it, but Allah placed us in his company and that of other students, but Maulana in particular uh, as far as um, uh, aiding us in those first few months in understanding and getting to grips with the Egyptian dialect. But later, after Maulana had left, uh, he then returned for the International uh, Book Fair, the annual Ma'arab uh, al-Kutub, which is a grand event in Cairo where uh, publishing houses from all over the Arab world um, present their new releases and of their old works but essentially of the new releases too and so Molina had returned to South Africa and then he came in uh, I think at the end of 1994 for about 10 days to two weeks specifically for books and to attend the book fair and uh, why I treasure that period is because we ended up being roommates for, for that, for those days. Me and Molina uh, we shared a room and I would be with him in the daytime at the book fair back and forth. And in the evenings, I can remember, he would go to bed with books on his bed, uh, sifting through them, speaking about them, uh, noting what, he, what else he was looking for. And along with the books, there would be snacks. There would always be some chips and chocolates and some, some drinks. And they were, they were they, it, it was a beautiful time. And um, uh, when we, uh, he knew my love for, for, for Arabic and he knew that I was uh, there for studies in Qiraat. Uh, so he would always speak about Arabic with me or he would uh, exchange love for poetry. Uh, the Arabic poetry and then also he uh, is known for his um, depth in the uh, study of uh, of fiqh and hadith but Maulana like we've heard before had his hand uh, and he had he had dived into the other sciences as well including qiraat which many may not be familiar with he quoted on more than one occasion, he quoted verses from the Shartibiya to me from memory, uh, which is the one of the basic uh, texts and fundamental texts in the study and preservation of the seven Qiraat. Um, so he then spoke with me on Qiraat once, and I asked him what a good commentary uh, would be to acquire. And Mawlana, without hesitation, spoke about Uh, a book by a 7th century scholar, uh, Abu Shama, named Ibraz al-Ma'ani. I had never heard of the book before. They never spoke of this book in the college before, the Ma'ad. And he told me I would not find it in the Ma'rad, but he would take me to a special uh, uh, publishing house in, in old Cairo. He would take me there to acquire the book. And lo and behold, the next day we went to... Uh, the area behind the Grand Mosque of Al-Azhar uh, to the publishing house of Mustafa al al-Halabi wa'uladuh. And uh, we purchased the book there, a, a beautiful copy. Uh, and um, not only, you know Molana and those who interacted with him, not only did he you know the book by name uh, or, or by its author's name, but he could also explain to you what the uh, angle of contribution uh, that the, the, the author managed to uh, offer via the book and he told me why he recommended that book and that still stands out as my, my best acquisition as far as the commentaries on the Shatabiyah are concerned. Um, Mawlana Taha uh, in those days he had a nickname for me and why I'm mentioning this is because over the years since then wherever I would get him whether it was uh, crossing paths at the MJC's uh, chambers, or whether it was at the Owal Masjid, or at a general function, he would still call me at that name. And no one knows this. Only students who were with us in Egypt may know. And uh, yes, uh, the name, it was an Egyptian, uncommon name that meant it, it, it was funny in a way too, but also complimentary in a way. It meant it was used for someone who was light-hearted, okay. But it was also used for uh, a, a reference to the 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 pigeon chicklet, the pigeon uh, 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 baby, the infant pigeon, and the and the word is zarlul. He would call me yazaghloul. Uh When you are going there? Oh, zarlul. How are you? Oh, zarlul. What you busy with? Uh, over the years, he would still uh, uh, use that when speaking with me. And it was his manner in maintaining that connection, which is the same manner that he had with everyone else. Like Maulana Zakaria mentioned, his concern and his inquiry about his students. He would want to know personally what you are doing and keep connected to you. So you felt uh, special in his presence. And it reminds us of how Rasulullah um dealt with his companions, making each and every one of them special. When I returned from, from Egypt uh, in 97, uh, around that year or the following year, I just started with the fifth class in Portland's masjid. Molana came to me out of the blue, called me on the house phone and came to my father's place uh, to speak with me about his intention regarding the uh, institution that he wanted to open. And he wanted me to teach along with him. Teach uh, Quran and Qiraat. And at the time, as I had just started with uh, the Hiv classes and my Quran classes at, at, at home and at Portland's Masjid, I was intimidated and I told him firstly that, Mawlana, I, I do not feel eligible to teach in an institution that uh, uh, of this nature that you have in mind because you spoke with me about the idea behind the institution. And I... Regretfully, at the time, uh, chose to continue in my own space. Uh, it humbled me that he requested that of me to, to be by his side to teach in those years. But I did not really feel that I could be there and teach in a capacity that would be um, that would be uh, acceptable to him. I, I was, but I was, but. A student of his, as others would would consider themselves too. But over the years, he, he, he understood and there, there were at least two meetings and he, he took me once and my father to a, a property that he um, was thinking of purchasing at the time in in an in, in obscure area, I think called The Downs, uh, but, but like I said, it never came to fruition. But but. Two years later, in 1999, when I called him and I told him I'd love to come through to Forty to uh, make use of his, his library, uh, he, he, with open arms he said, yes, come, and uh, that was another uh, beautiful uh, uh, experience in that um, when I used to go through to Forty and, and sit there in the library Uh, I would be at a loss, firstly. It was much smaller, obviously, than the the current state of the library that the institution ended up with or has now. Uh, It had about five shelves, I think, five or six shelves. And it wasn't that lengthy as they are now. But he had of the main um, fields covered and... uh, he would he would direct me to the appropriate uh, books for whatever I was researching at the time. I was doing a, a collection and translation of a work in ulumul Quran. It was the first compilation that I was that I aimed to do, and he directed me not only to the books, but again, he, he would he would uh, freely share his uh, knowledge of the the authors and the reasons why he had those compilations and how I should actually how I should. Access the information. How the book is supposed to be uh, accessed, and um, those nights were, were were pleasant and beautiful. So m- much more I gained from it besides just uh, gathering the the references for the information that I wanted at the time. He also in that period taught me how to do the the acknowledge the, the acknowledged, uh, transliteration of, uh, of of Arabic words. Yeah, so that. Uh, uh, speaks of his willingness always to to help, and, and again, like previous um, uh, presenters had, had 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 mentioned, he he would not hesitate for an opportunity to to share, and um, the way he addressed me, the way he addressed others, even though we were at a lower capacity, intellectual capacity and ability, he um uh, he addressed us as a as an equal. Making you, uh, I mean, humbling you on the one hand and encouraging you and motivating you and inspiring you on the other hand. Um,
2: SubhanAllah. uh, Uh, SubhanAllah. Jazakum Allah Khairan Sheikh Ismail. Um, Um, It's profound how Taha had an impact on those who were his students directly and, and other colleagues, other scholars who are not necessarily his direct students but still managed to leave such an, such an indelible mark uh, on, on one's life, uh, subhanallah. Uh, Sheikh, I'd like to also welcome along with you uh, one of Malala's students. Um, as I said earlier, Malataha Taha had students of various backgrounds and uh, various expertise, some of them being lawyers, others medical doctors and so on. And he uh, really had a way of connecting to everyone regardless of the, of the specific background. So I'll invite uh, along with you, Sheikh um, Dr. Yusuf Patel. Uh, Dr. Yusuf, uh, please give us uh, an introduction to yourself, doctor, and then you may proceed. In the Bismillah. Bismillah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Sheikh Ismail.
4: Amin <laughs> wa'iyakum.
8: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirobbilalamin. Wassallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ajmain. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Firstly, شكرا لنا and to everyone who put together this uh, this very important and uh, much needed. A uh, tribute to our dear teacher Mawlana and uh, my dear greetings and love to Sheikh Ismail. Uh, Sheikh Ismail, I pray that you are well, Insha'Allah. Always good to to see you. Hamdulillah. Um, not really much to 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 introduce myself. Uh, I was just fortunate enough, as you stated, Manani Irshad, to have had the opportunity to study uh, at the Madrasa um and uh, on a personal note that was probably the best decision in my life and i joked with my wife last night as well stating that even my marriage to her has to be below that alhamdulillah that uh, i got the opportunity to be an institution uh, within an institution such as the darul ulum under the tutelage and under the direction of uh Taha so that's something that uh, i will always uh, cherish um You know, as you said, Munataha had a way with everyone, uh, with so many different people within the community. And as someone that came from university, studying medicine and uh, working a few years in in, in the public sector, uh, it was always my interest at some point to venture within the Islamic sciences. um, Because I always had that view that it was important to try to to, to merge or to integrate the secular and the sacred sciences. And so one of the, the, the misconceptions that I had was that that the traditional ulama, and this was really due to my su'udhan, I think, of, of, of the scholars at that time, were not able to really, you know, balance between the two. And so when I started my, my journey within Islamic uh, studies and then came over to, to, to the madrasa, I still remember the first day that I that I met uh, Monataha. He was giving a class after Fajr. Um, it was a, a class uh, specifically for the senior students and uh, the khatu students, and uh, it was a, a a work on on the nomenclature within the Shafi school. I think it was for al Madaniya, if I remember correctly. So I sat in the class because many of the teachers that I knew personally, including yourself, are always uh, advocated and always motivated uh, for students, irrespective of the year that they might be in, to attend the Duru's of Manotaha when he when, when he did teach. And I remember in that first class when I sat there, not knowing really what to expect because I really did not engage with Manotaha prior to that. I knew a bit about him from various individuals, but I did not have that. That interaction that I, I uh, that that essentially would give you the, the 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 understanding of who he was, and I remember in that dars, that besides the the classical works or the 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 the, the, the discussions related to that text, I was just blown away. I was blown away because in that class he spoke about Socrates, he spoke about Immanuel Kant, he spoke about Shakespeare, he quoted works of John Milton. Now for me, uh, someone uh, who appreciates those uh, type of genres of of knowledge, it was really just sitting in in, in the Garden of Felicity. My whole understanding of what what a classical scholar is or uh, could be, came crumbling down because in front of me, I saw a man who was so comfortable with the traditional sciences within almost any subject, but at the same time, could navigate the Western tradition with such ease. And I remember every day, Right, I would drive before Fajr because uh, staying in Cape Town, having to drive about 25, 30 minutes, I um, wanted to leave uh, prior to, 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 to Fajr. And I remember just being motivated every single day. My parents and, and, and my wife asked me on numerous occasions, am I sure that I want to go in so early because class only starts at 8 o'clock. So um, the logical thing to do would be to drive at around 7 and make it just before 8 when I told them that this is the whole point, this is the whole reason why I entered or why I came to come study at Madrasa, was to sit and to benefit from someone of this magnitude. And that's what I feel our community has has, 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 has really lost and has been ignorant of who Maulana Taha was. Um, I don't think um, our community will ever appreciate, will ever realize the greatness of, of 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 this individual. I don't think even us as students who had some time with him really understand or appreciate who he was. We might have a a fraction or a figment of 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 his uh his depth and his breadth of knowledge, but I don't think we really understand uh what he left this world with. And again, I don't think Buna Taha knew how intelligent he was. And I think that is just that just based testimony to to his humility you know you have you have many intellectual individuals within the world today but very few people can match that high level intellectual acumen or prowess with authentic humility and concern for other people and um Taha just brought all that
7: into his personality and i think as
8: Uh, Dr.
0: Yusuf, I think we're losing you. With regard to the sand, as
8: okay. I love this community, where the people realize that or not and his concern was always for people. And uh, over the last over the last one and a half years, he received so much criticism, so much unnecessary criticism. But I think his fortitude and his courage and his concern for all of us, including myself and every single one that's listening to the stream. That should make us, every single night before we go to sleep, make a dua for our dear teacher and our leader that has passed on. So I really just wanted to say that, as I told you, I'm going to uh, take a few seconds to, 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 to get out to find an area we could signal. But I just wanted our community, especially the community of Muslims that consider themselves to be professional, individuals who feel that they have studied, you know, in the academic centers uh, within the country or abroad, do not for one second think that just because you have a university degree or that you have a professional background, right, that you are superior to someone of this nature. Malata was the most simple person. Right? He, exuded, he exuded simplicity in the most beautiful of ways, and I think that's what his secret was. That with that simplicity or sophistication and when you saw him, you could have easily overlooked him. If you do not know who he was, if you were at the airport, if you had to see him at Nando's, if you had to see him somewhere, you would have thought, who is this old man or who is this, you know, middle-aged individual? Like what can he offer me? But the moment he opened up his mouth or he gave you a look, you felt that specialness. And I just feel again that our community has lost something so great.
4: Not um, you, sir. Nothing if I to, to,
8: to replace that. So, inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to elevate his rank and to ease the suffering and the grief of his family. For they really sacrificed so much. Uh, even us as students, we had so much time with him compared to others. But it was his family who sacrificed for that. And so I think the best of ways that we can honor uh, Mawlana Taha is firstly by honoring his family, and then by honoring the projects and the various uh, things that he had, and he wanted to see uh, grow and to- to, Dr. Yusuf, if I could just jump in before you close. But inshallah,
2: uh, uh, I hope Dr. that our hear community me. can come together and support these uh, Dr. Youssef, projects, inshallah. Jazakuballah khairun. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to Malna Khalil. Dr. Yusuf, bismillah. Uh, I'm sorry,
0: Malna Khalil, bismillah. Dr. Yusuf, I'm not sure if you're able to hear me. Salamu kohom Um I don't think you're actually able to hear me. Uh,
2: doc, can you he hear us? Dr. Yusuf? I don't think you he can hear us. Uh, I'll... uh Okay, that's fine, inshallah. Uh, Marina, um, we went to hear Dr. Yusuf's poem. I'll just ask him via WhatsApp, um, inshallah. Okay. I just want to mention but, one uh, thing I, I think which, which Dr.
0: Yusuf uh, touched upon is that Dr. Yusuf is from the medical community. Uh, myself, I'm, I'm into consulting. Moana is from the legal community. And sometimes within these professional communities, we find a, a great degree of, uh, let's call it, uh, professional intellectual arrogance and a very negative sentiment towards uh, ulama and our Islamic legacy. And that negative sentiment is is all always based out of ignorance. It's based no. out of actually a lack of understanding of what the true legacy of Islam is. And Molotov has been that bridge to to open many eyes to what this legacy actually is about. And then once Molotov opens that eyes, then you realize that that those in the professional fields are actually the intellectual dwarfs because they have not been uh, exposed to the legacy of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the heritage of our scholars, which is the greatest gift and the greatest treasure that we have in our existence. And all of these other studies, while they're not unimportant, they cannot cannot match the breadth and depth and importance of the legacy of, of our work. And Malta was able to draw that bridge between the two. And this has been a, a great eye-opening for, for all of us, uh, alhamdulillah. I'm not sure if Dr. can you uh, hear me, but I'm going to ask in closing, uh, Dr. penned uh, a beautiful poem. Uh, and I'm not sure if he can hear me, but if he's able just to recite that poem for us as in closing, inshallah.
8: Uh SHUKRA al khalil. Yes, sorry, I think uh, there was an issue with, uh, with the sound towards the end there. But I can hear you clearly now, alhamdulillah. Um, I'm just going to open up the poem.
3: Uh, no, no, I think what's
8: happening uh, like I said, is... Mulan yeah, you know, al-Khalil, uh, uh, can you hear me and can you see me still?
2: We can, I can we hear you can, now. We can, you. can hear
8: you. Okay, okay, bismillah. So, alhamdulillah, yesterday, whilst reflecting on the life of Manataha, um, these few these few words in the form of a poem came to me. And uh, as we all know, Manataha was was an avid uh, a poet in many languages and uh, again he inspired me uh, you know to read uh, so many works in english uh, in various fields uh, especially within uh, English poetry roman you know, Ota knew Shakespeare like the back of his hand he could quote various various um, uh, dialogues you know to prove a point or to 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 consolidate a certain uh, discussion that he was having so out wrote this poem Alhamdulillah in honor of our dear teacher and uh, it's titled the perfect inheritor Mawlana taha karan a heart so tender a mind so bright a symbol and emblem of scholarly light from modest beginnings you blazed a noble path unmatched and unequaled in your scholastic craft from a garden of knowledge and piety infused you brought clarity to all those who were confused the needs of others you made your own. Your true state with Allah is by him only known. The fruits of your labor are evident to all. The students you inspired now stand tall. So much you attained in such a short span. The light of your guidance has spread beyond our land. You were pensive in thought and graceful with words. In the companionship of the prophet, you are assured. Our thoughts and memories only increase in our love. For the gift that you were bestowed on us from above.
0: Thank you, Dr. Doc- Thank you, Doctor, for those, those beautiful words. And, and I think there's a, a, a huge outpouring of emotion uh, uh, from all of us. And I think it's evident to the viewers that, uh, that many of us are also grappling with this uh, because it's actually unprecedented in our own lives. Um, many of your students who actually have lost parents uh they say that the grief that they feel for the passing of malata is a different kind of grief uh, it's something which they they're struggling with in a different type of way and uh and these are all expressions as Sheikh uh, molly yusuf has shared with us as has shared with us these expressions of trying to express the depth of what we really we really feel uh to this individual so um Alhamdulillah. And, and I want to mention one, one thing before I, I, I ask Moulin Yazid to join us, inshaAllah. But when you hear of Mulata's greatness, when you interacted with him, he was utterly humble and self-effacing. He, he used to like make fun of himself. You know, he was completely, like in Cape Town we say, completely plot. He was completely, just completely humble and no pretensions. You know, Malta wore like the same thobe and the same kufia and that same jersey and that same and that same sandals whether he was at an international conference or whether he was teaching you in the madrasa, he didn't worry about how he looked or what people thought of him or, or 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 anything and i remember in my in my young days as a student you know you, you feel passionate about your madrasa, and I'm, I'm speaking to Monata about Monatah. Du'a is not getting enough recognition. You know, everybody else is doing all this marketing, and you know, <laughs> all of this. I, I was young, and, and even in that time, Monatah said something profound. He, he told me, Khalil, recognition is with Allah," and that was his entire life. It was just connected to Allah, Taala, and that was all that mattered to him. Is how am I before Allah, and this is and that, that utter humility that he had before before and he's so approachable subhanallah if I
2: could call him
0: also
2: bismillah ahlan wa sahlan al-yazid jazakum for joining us now for the thank you for was also uh, he was he was a sufi in practice you know and many people are sufi in theory and they they speak tasawuf malata loved tasawuf um you mentioned about his sandals you know up until up until very late in his in his short life subhanallah only had one pair of shoes at a time many people don't know this and he he would wear that shoes until you would feel ashamed that he would wear shoes you know that that are so uh broken and then eventually he would would renew his, his sandals and uh, later on, he, he was asked by the doctor to start walking. And then he, he got a pair of tackies. And the first time we attended the Dars at St. Athens Road Masjid with Molana, <laughs> he walked in with his black tackies <coughs> and laces. And we all had a good laugh because Malata was wearing tackies. And it was Adidas tackies, you know? And SubhanAllah, you know, it was just Ajib to see Molana in a pair of tackies. And then he said, you know, he only ever had one pair of shoes. And um he got the sabbath from his father, rahimahullah ta'ala, who also used to get shoes from like second hand, you know, shops and things like that. And then eventually he, he uh, it was cold one winter and then he started wearing boots so he had the two pairs of shoes until this this Takis incident. Uh, zakaria you remember that incident that's in Athens, right? No, I remember
5: how we were teasing one <laughs> and also you know, funny thing is then one day, you know, you were so unpretentious. You know he was wearing the shoes and then he went to an old cough essay conference, <laughs> right? And uh, everybody was like all suited up there <laughs> on the stage, and then you just see one in a with his signature white though, but these white face, and then that's those stacks. It's so.
2: yeah, and I had his green jersey
0: that they always wear, that same jersey, and we won't see
2: that, we won't see that beautiful appearance. I think
5: when we
0: um. When we,
5: uh, when we tell people how generous he was, I think people may get the wrong impression that he was wealthy. Um, yeah. He wasn't generous because he was wealthy. He was generous because he cared about people. And like you know, there's so many stories of students who would say that you know Mona would drive out to them and, and 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 you know take them some money if he saw them not in class because because of their needs not being fulfilled. One one of our colleagues was telling me that one day he got stuck and uh, because he didn't have petrol. And then for some reason he found Molina toha. Like <laughs> I asked him, why on earth would you call Molena? The guy is like the busiest guy in the world. Why? I don't know if he him. He He's to me call him This guy lived in his field. Monata lives in Strand. Monata drove to him to bring him some petrol money. Like, sure. You know, I think, you know, I don't need like these pictures of, of the old matrasa in 40. Even our matrasa now, you know, I, subhanallah. Monata is like... He, he was generous because he didn't care much about this dunya. He didn't really, like, he didn't have much worldly aspirations. He only stopped, lived in his own house when he was about 48. He never had worldly aspirations. It was, when he had money it was to serve the madrasa that needs serving currently and people should look into, you know, contributing to that madrasa. He, uh, he would give the money to the students, he would look after people, he would Subhanallah! I don't know where so, it came from, but yeah, use
0: But nah, it was something which which was like prophetic in its in its application, and it was first first day to, to witness. Uh, I like think in forty. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Now I was gonna say in forty, like, the madrasa was literally in the house that Mona lived in. The students used to live in the house with him, so like two rooms were for him and his family, and I think the library was in part of it, and. The other students all lived in Mona's house, so he literally became like their father. And it's not like it was a fancy house or anything like that. They hardly had working electricity and not water or anything like that. Um but it's really Subhanallah. And the amazing
0: thing is that most of our community doesn't even know about the madrasa. Even, like, some of our own students say, I come from aid Darul Ulum, al bias no one knows about it, no one's heard about it, they don't know where it is, there's not been a single fundraising, there's no poster, This I don't even know the website is working anymore. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know,
5: people may see Mizan Institute, and Darul Turat, and Islami and, you know, all of the Darul stuff, and all of those things, and see this, you know, very professional-looking thing, and but they don't know where that's
0: also subhanallah and british yeah. is also a a a student of M'l-N-Taha, um and also a teacher at mizan institute uh and mazid also is currently <coughs> there, the the imam at the Tarankarul masjid well if you could maybe just share with us in terms of of your experiences with Molna and also uh his preparation and the madrasa's preparation of you for serving the community as an imam.
9: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim salatu wa s ala ashrafi mursalin. Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi jama'in. Al-Akhariyya wa al-Zakariyya wa ula wa ala sinas. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. SubhanAllah. Um, with the panel that we had on year, I, I don't feel capable to, to be part and parcel of it, but I am grateful for the opportunities. Um, I was fortunate to start uh, in, after graduating from the Darul Naeem um, under Mal Ali Kowda, I then entered into my third year at Strand. And uh, subhanAllah, the third year was quite intense. And uh, I was at the same time, I, was, I started my imamat. So I was at a very young age, I was appointed at the Imam in the Military Road Masjid um, in the Steenburg area um so being very young you know uh not not really knowing what i'm getting myself into um coming to to the madrasa and then because my colleagues heard that i was imam they called they gave me a particular name this name was based on a name that we've learned in the third year and even the name like to associate such a name to me was like just out of this world so we learnt about imam al-haramain. and imam al is the imam of the two harams makkah and Medina and Imam Al-Haramayn was the, was the teacher of Imam Ghazali, so because we learned of that name, and I was an Imam, a young Imam um, in my third year already, they started giving me that name, and when I got to learn about who this person is, I thought to myself, how can they give me such a name, but what was beautiful and what's amazing is that through the, through the classes that we went through, through the teachings that we went through, through the inspiration, that manata and the rest of the teachers gave me it gave me a certain amount of confidence to fulfill my role in society and subhanallah for five years i was imam in steenberg leaning on on shoulders of giants you know we could sit into in manata's class and other than just being blown away with with his knowledge there was with even with the technical subjects there was a huge spiritual uh, injection that was given and i think that was most amazing that yes there's so much intellectual information but you leave this spiritually uplifted with the even with the most uh that helped me and molded me and assisted me through my journey as an imam and that to me was vital you know i i, I cannot divorce the two the fact that i was molded by giants Again, like I said, other than the intellectual knowledge that was passed over, you were always inspired and you felt spiritually uplifted and alhamdulillah that would assist me on my journey as being a Imam and serving the community. And again, the name some of the, the with our colleagues when we meet us when we meet each other now, they still call me that. And subhanAllah that you know that, that name is just too too much to handle. But I was standing on, on the shoulders of giants. I was connected to, to Manataha, I was connected to the rest of our teachers. And you know, subhanAllah, may Allah subhanallah grant him a long life. And what I found to be to be truly amazing and beautiful is that Manataha, if you whilst you're at the Madrasa, you think he doesn't know you. <laughs> you know, because he's busy with his thing and as students, you're busy with your thing. But in a moment of need. Uh, there was a particular issue that I I, I had, a personal issue that I I, I needed assistance with. And when I spoke to him about it, um, I remember clearly that he he, he dropped everything and he gave me his full time and attention. Uh, I still remember you come into the madrasa, then we had a field and there was a particular tree there. And uh, he took me outside, he walked with me and he sat me under the tree and he just gave me his full attention and time. And he spoke to me there. And I thought, subhanAllah, I thought you don't know me. And yeah, I'm like, having this personal intimate moment with Talha Quran, who you know you always hear about and he was speaking to me almost like like you know like he knows me and he cares for me and even beyond that uh, the the issue that i was going through he never rested until the issue was sorted out subhanallah so other than then just molding you in a class environment he was really concerned about your well being he was there as a shoulder, you know, for support. And subhanallah, that, that is one of the, the, the things that really, really assisted me on my journey uh, as a student and as an imam. But I think one of the most profound moments for me, uh, uh, thinking about Manatai, uh, when I, when we graduated and we had a sitting with him, all the all the graduates of, of our year. And he said something so profound, subhanallah. And he says, you have now graduated you have now graduated to be a student. So I was like, you have now graduated to be a student and with this tool you can become an alim. And I was totally shocked. I was dumbfounded. I was like, I just spent my last few years and, I, and after Matrik, I did Dar Naeem, then I did Hift, then I did uh, 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 Darul uh, Ulum Al-Islam and that consisted about 10 years of full-time studies. And he's telling us, um, you now graduated, you now a student, use the tools, you can become an alim. And I was totally, totally blown away and I was shocked. But, wallahi, I hold those words in high esteem. And I would like to share that with everyone know. that is going on this particular journey. That, you know, once you attained the a certain amount of knowledge and you obtained a certain amount of tools, now is the opportunity to grow. And that was Sorry. the thing that I will hold with me, that my teacher... Man karan And my Allah grant him The highest place in Jannah Now after Mm. handing me the tools Now he wants me to grow Now he wants me to To develop myself Now he wants me to become Something And As students We need to continue this journey We need to continue growing And I think You know Instead of Thinking that you're coming out And you're a graduate And you're someone It it actually brings you Back down to earth And this is who he was The most humble Of people And it gives you That humility To continue this journey and continue serving and one of the the, the things that that was really uh, that came through from Manataha is that no matter how much of this knowledge that he's passing over to you there was always this feeling that you have to act you cannot sit with the knowledge you have to do you have to serve you have to teach you have to do something and to a large degree you can see this within all the students and i think this is really his legacy where there are so much there's so much work being done his students alhamdulillah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of them may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept okay. all of them and use them and you know there, there was a there was a, a small um meme that was that was uh put out now of of two of manatah's uh, uh, uh statements that he that he left with us and it and it basically said that um and i just want to to read it quickly inshallah
0: okay
9: and it says that uh Manat, this is put on, on a meme to a manata's messages tell the boys i say no teacher can be prouder of his students than I am of my boys. I just want them to know how much I appreciate everything they do. You know? And and when reading that, I, I really thought, uh, a, am I part of this statement? Because you know the, the legacy that Manata has left behind and 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 he's proud of, of me as one of his students. You know, is it is it is it real? Can it really be? And and you you're you grappling with this. But if these are the words of Manatah, then, you know, we, we place, we ask Allah for contentment with that reality, inshallah. And, and one of the things mm-hmm. and I found to be truly amazing is that, um, alhamdulillah, I'm currently at the at the Masjid now, and we're doing some classes there, and so we have posters and so on. And then you put it as your status, <laughs> and then you would see Manata is looking at your status. And you feel a bit nervous, but you kind of feel that care. That Manataha is so busy, but he's actually looking at your status to see, you know, are you still on the right path? What are you doing? Is everything okay? And then the example that I gave earlier, in terms of Manataha um being there to, to, to assist me through that difficulty, not not too long ago, again, I think it was like in the middle of the night that happening, and I sent him a message. And literally in the middle of the night, he phoned me and he was concerned, and again he never left. Until this 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 issue was 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 was
0: complete, and this was. the talks. those are really beautiful reflections, and I and I want to just uh, actually just touch on something you mentioned about uh, uh, when you finish studying, that's just the beginning. Monata used to dislike uh, the word graduate. He didn't like you say that you graduate. You said you must you say you must say you left the madrasa at this year, and yes. I, I can attest that most of the students from the madrasa don't have a certificate. Uh, if you want one, you must go request one. But there's no graduation ceremony. The only ceremony is you have breakfast with the teachers, they give you nasiha and dua and you leave. There's no fanfare, there's nothing really. It's actually just like breakfast, nasiha, you leave, there's nothing, uh, no special special, special, special moments. And that was the humility of, of Malata. Malata took so much for sharing those uh, reflections. And and I had that love for everybody. For yes. everybody at every level, it doesn't matter. He would love all of all of us. <laughs> alhamdulillah.
9: Subhanallah. I would like to request of our, our listeners to make a special dua for the madrasa, and uh, that it, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala allows it to continue for many many years, so that more people can be inspired and work in the community. Subhanahu wa Taala minarabul alamin. JazakAllah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi taala wa barakatuh.
0: Malinshaw, uh, if you could just maybe perhaps just uh, put up that picture of 40 again. And uh, yeah. and I don't know if you have a picture of Douai. Of, of so this actually, was actually waiting for the
2: students to send uh, some pictures of the current madrasa. And, um, you know, that's that's the the, the level of anonymity of the madrasa and how, how low key it was, bahanallah. but uh, inshallah, once they send it, I'll, I'll share that as well.
0: I, I want us, uh, I mean, that, that's the beginning of the madrasa, a humble house, uh, Mawatah's house. And, and I want us also just to, Sheikh Riyadh made a special dua for the, the mother of Monataha And I think from all of our hearts, we are, are suffering grief. Um, but a special also dua for Mawatah's wife and his children. If we're feeling the pain, imagine his own wife and his own kids and they have shared him with us, and all the time that he spent with us was a sacrifice of his wife. I think he had four sons and four daughters, and uh, a big family. And he leaves that to spend time with us. And I think from our side, from student side, we we thank you for sharing your father with us. We thank you for all the hours he was with us, and you missed him and, he, and may Allah bless you for your sabr Amen. especially his wife and his children may Allah bless you for your service and your sabr and he praised his family he praised his wife for supporting him on this journey and may Allah elevate your ranks in this world and the next Ameen, may Ameen. you meet your, your husband and may you meet your father to the children in this in the next world waiting for Ameen. you I, 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 Khalil,
2: um, I lost my father on uh, 10 years ago on the same day that Malata passed away. And um, the night of of the Janaza, Malala came to my home and he came to recite uh, a portion of the Quran, you know. And then he walked with myself and my eldest brother, Shafiq. He walked with us uh, outside of the house and uh, he said words that that he reminded me of something so simple, but it comforted me and I'd like to share this with Maulana's family, Maulana's mother, Maulana's wife, and Maulana's children, uh, who I have the highest of respect for, Subhanallah, even though I don't really have a personal relationship with them. I don't know them personally and they perhaps don't even know me, Um, but Maulana told us, look, I know that you're hurting, but know that death is not an end, death is just the transition from this life to the next life and that you will be reunited with your loved ones in the Akhirah and those words comforted my heart even though you know we, we know about these things and Allah said that to us personally drove from Strand to retreat to come and tell us that and uh, I'd like to share that and send that message back to to Strand to your homes. Jazakum Allah Khairan. I was reflecting I mean, and,
0: and thinking that for the first time at the Janaza I made a dua that yeah, Allah. May we have a Taurus a in Jannah once again. May we set our teacher Amen. in Jannah and learn in Jannah once again. I'll ask you we'll, to make some closing uh, reflections, inshallah, before we hand we over to our, our final guest, Maud uh, Rahman uh, Khan, inshallah.
2: Zekriya, you are on mute. Subhanallah.
5: Subhanallah. Um, I'm actually overwhelmed with thoughts and emotions. And I think at times, like now that we're on here, there's maybe some adrenaline that, you know, keeps us uh, calm and things like that, or that keeps us seemingly composed. But it's in the, in the quiet moments that we actually, like, come to terms with, uh, you know, what just happened. And I don't even think it's, it's like, sunk in. Uh, properly, but um, subhanAllah, like this, this, you can't speak about I very quickly. We didn't even touch on, we didn't even touch on the fact that he would take drives out in his own car, on his own steam, he would take drives out to the eastern cape, to the torpies, the villages, the, the hats, and go call people to Islam. We we didn't even speak about how you would spend these nights. I mean, subhanAllah, Mala would message me. Three o'clock at night with a fiqh. I come sitting lying next to my wife like, three o'clock at night. And you know, Mala has that, oh, you have to, three o'clock, Mala, send you something and you probably saw that you read this thing. So you (laughs) have to now come up with a a response and then Mullah responds to that and you know, how you spent these nights for the Ummah. To continue this legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we didn't speak about, uh, you know, okay, we spoke a little bit about this jovial nature, but we just, yeah, SubhanAllah, there's so much more. There's there's so much more in it, and uh,
3: yeah, SubhanAllah.
0: (laughs) Inshallah, I I pray that we have many more of these programs and, and many more different guests because there's so much this is our experience, and there's so many, many, many more experiences to be shared. And this is a person that is worth getting to know. <coughs> he's a person, person in our times that is worth learning about because he's an inspiration uh, to us, alhamdulillah. In the picture, Malir Shad put that's a madrasa that Maud the 40 was the first one, this was the second one. This is effectively uh, like a big farm warehouse that was converted into a madrasa. <coughs> um, alhamdulillah, comfortable, no, no issues, but com- very basic. Very, very, very basic. Just partitions inside there. Uh, sometimes the water would stop for a few days because there's no council water. There's only a borehole. Uh, so lots of memories there. And um, I think before I I I, I asked to join us. I, I want to maybe end with Mal- one of Malta's projects in Malta's career. Is mentioning here is that Molata's one of his biggest, biggest dreams was to to build the new madrasa. And to see that madrasa flourish, and his janaza. This actually was in the the old madrasa, the the current madrasa. His janaza was actually on an open field, where a new plot has been bought to establish a new madrasa, uh, and the plans have just been, uh, have been approved. And Malta shared with us in his final meeting. He was overjoyed now because the engineering cost had been had been paid and he was on the verge of building this new madrasa and his vision was an institute of higher learning for the entire world that this would be a source of higher learning for the entire world a source of guidance for the entire world that ulama would be produced in this in this in this new madrasa and uh, it's upon us as a community uh, to support this legacy because this legacy lives within the hearts of people. And if we don't support it, we, we're not going to nourish those hearts. So my dua is that collectively we're able to carry on this legacy,
2: inshaAllah ta'ala.
0: Alhamdulillah. Muzakari, uh, thank you for joining m- us. M- Alhamdulillah. M- l- khaleo, uh,
2: I just, I'd like to state um, that Ma'lana Taha's wish and his dream was the establishment of the new madrasa and he was very excited about it that's the main topic of discussion uh that he had with us um in his final uh Subhanallah that meeting with us ya rob um that curtain call meeting you know Uh Malataha wanted that the madrasa uh, was to flourish and that we be part of that and uh, i'd like for the viewers uh today to, to share that with us, you know, share that passion with us as his students. If, if you've taken benefit from Malata's legacy through any of his students or from him directly, then uh, we, we humbly appeal to you today, even though that's not the purpose of this program, uh, but we appeal to you to be part of that legacy and contribute generously towards the Madrasa um, people are going to ask now, how can they do so? And I wasn't prepared for this actually. So uh, in the background, I'll get the, the details. Uh, if Dr. Yusuf Arif is uh, watching this, if you could kindly share those details with us. And I'll share, I'll share, I'll share it on the screen. This is a picture of the, uh, the grounds where the janazah took place, while the janazah is uh, taking place. And inshallah, may the madrasah stand there in a few years time mean Ya Rabbal Alameen. Anybody who would love well, to know, how to I, get I, I,
0: if I could just say, also, is that, is that also on a broader level, I think, um, Malata's legacy is also the legacy of knowledge within our community, and our Absolutely. so and our appeal is to support all the institutes, uh, all of them, Absolutely. the madrasas, the hif schools, the, the universities, the all of the Islamic schools. Just we have to invest as a community. Uh, uh Malta, I never liked uh, public fundraising, and uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. He, he, he's gonna you in the after, he's scold you in the year after, the year oh, after oh, for, yes. <laughs> for even making those making, uh, making that statement. But, but uh, I, you, I think just right? a, a broad appeal to the community, uh, uh, to support Islamic movements, institutes, development of scholars because this will see our community through, inshallah. Wa ta'ala.
2: Nah.
6: Okay.
0: Is Mother Rahman with us?
2: Now you got me panicking, thinking that, oh, yeah, Allah, what did I just do? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that WhatsApp call. <laughs> uh, yes, you may introduce Maud Rahman, inshaAllah. Bismillah. Yeah, yeah. uh, Maud Khalil? Uh, Alhamdulillah, uh, I'll, I'll hand I'll, it over to
0: you. OK, OK. I'm just waiting to see Maud Rahman's face. I can't see him yet. Um, as-salamu alaykum wa barakatuh.
10: salamu wa rahmatullah. Ala alaykum wa rahmatullah.
0: Alhamdulillah. Mabdur Rahman, mashallah, is, uh, is, uh, is my teacher. Many of the students of, of Malata became teachers, and then we became his students' his student students and his students. Alhamdulillah. And um, Mabdur Rahman is blessed that he has spent many, many years uh, in the company and Sohbat of Mawlana Taha is really one of the most senior students of Mawlana within our community um, and I think also one of the people that we are looking uh, towards uh, in this time of loss to to help be our guide upon this path and um, uh, I know Mawlana is a special place in the heart of Mawlana being with him and reared with him for, for so many years and we asked Mawlana just to to join us and to to bless us with the the final segment of this programme um to share a few words about Malna Taha. and we thought it would be fitting maybe perhaps to read the last hadith and sharh of his last work fleeing from fate with a dua that our Ustad our Mudir is going to receive the words rewards as contained within that Inshallah, ta'ala. Madr Rahman mashkura. Faddin
10: Mashkura.smillah Rahman Raheem. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. And praise be Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the choices of blessings and salutations upon our master Sayyidina Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa While I'm very honored to be part of this program today, um, and I do commend uh, whoever was involved in putting the program together, Mawalina uh, Khalil and Mawalina Irshad and the Mizan Institute and Isnad and I don't know who else, May Allah, reward all of them greatly, and all who participated. I do, however, feel that there are so many people more worthy of speaking about Manata, speaking about his life, speaking about his methodology. Um, Manata, of course, these very early students, I don't even know them. Um, that group of students that used to call him Haji, you know, those early students, I'm sure there's so much we could hear from them regarding Malana. And then uh, also, of course, uh, the very first group of graduates from our madrasa, uh, Mawlana Yasin Abbas and Mawlana Tawfiq Ma'roof and Mw. Anwar Humbles and I, I'm worried now that I'm starting to mention names because I might miss out a few names and after them there was just a two-man class, Mawlana Hussein and I think Ibrahim, and Ibrahim and then it was the class of my uh, dear cousin Mawlana Shabir Khalan and Mawlana and I know Muna Ilyas was in that class with the class after that, but you always had debate with that class. And uh, you know, so many brothers they had so much more and better experiences with Munata, especially especially my cousin Munas Shabir. I think if there was one student that perhaps shared the closest relationship with Munata, it must have been him. And if I was close with Munata, I see very much that the reason was because I was a family of Mona Shabir. And then um, Manabdus Samad was in that class, and then the class before us, Samih Samay's class. Sorry, not Samai Saeed. Saeed's class. I feel so many of these brothers could have uh, contributed and said so much more. But nonetheless, the opportunity has been given to me, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Alhamdulillah. This morning, we we visited uh, Manatow's grave, and. Um, Alhamdulillah, we just sent a very somewhat private message out to some of the brothers who would like to join us. And uh, a good number of brothers turned out. And within about 30-40 minutes, we were able to complete a khatam of the Qur'an at the grave of Mona And then uh, Mona Sammih, Saeed, was unaware of the program, just came to visit Munna, and he was able to give us some advices. And uh, something I shared there this morning, and what I would like to share here is that um, you know, uh, losing Manata has been very difficult for us. I would never ever have imagined that losing Manata would be so difficult. And uh, like Munatirsha had mentioned, that he lost a father, but losing Munna was dif- different. And uh, uh, a few years ago, I lost my daughter that drowned in my mother's pool. And um, I was just sharing with a friend last night that I, I cried more with the passing of Munatod than what I cried when I lost my daughter. And that's just for you to understand what type of an impact he had within our lives. And uh, But his nature was such, and I was sharing this with the brothers at, the, at, the, at his grave this morning, was that he didn't like sad moments. He didn't like people to speak too much about him or to cry over him. He just wanted things should continue. And uh, I was mentioning that when uh, his sister Munadia passed away, uh her father Munatar's father Muna used to sat with us alongside a grave and he just spoke to us like normal about things. And of course, he, he made a reference to the fact that Munadia was buried in her grandmother's grave. Munatar's mother's mother, Hajja Sulaya's mother. And even though it was a good 20-30 years later, uh, they still found her body intact, and then they buried Munadia either on top or alongside her, and uh Muna Karan mentioned to us, he pointed to his great-grandfather's train Imam Musa Karan, the first Karan that came to South Africa. And he said that uh, if I die one day, that you should bury me over there in his grave. And he said, And he just spoke normal with us, even though he just lost his daughter. And when Muna Yusuf Karan, the Musti, passed away, after his burial, Mona just sat with us and spoke you know, he was grieving. He lost a father, but he was consoling us and speaking with us, and things just continued. And I believe this is a very important spirit of Manatā that we, as difficult as it is, but he would want us just to to move forward, and he would want us to uh, continue doing the work that we that we are doing. And uh, I, I I speak perhaps on behalf of all graduates. One of the remarkable feelings that I have, and I'm sure every other graduate can relate is that we I just we, ju- we just feel that we need to do more. So if you saw good things coming from uh, the different academies and institutions, expect to see expect to see more because there's a greater responsibility on our shoulders now. Um, I was supposed to speak about um, I was supposed to speak about uh, I think <laughs> about Monata and his Hadith studies and uh, I don't know what there is to share right now because everything about Munata was on a very on a different level, right? And uh, I think sometimes even though Munata did conduct public programs, I, th- I felt sometimes that it was difficult for him to actually bring himself down onto a public level with the greatest of respect to the public. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, draw distinctions between scholars and the public over here, but when Riyad Saludji, that, was on, uh, that was on earlier, he, he, he said once that they visited a school in Dur- in Durban with Monata and he was talking to primary school students. And as much as he tried to come down to speak on the level of primary school children, Monariyad said the lecture was suitable for university students. He <laughs> was just so uh, amazing in, in that way. And therefore, what I... We really can't share about Munata and Hadith, it may, it may not be something that is uh, necessarily uh, palatable to, 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 to many but to give you a broad impression about what I have of, of Munatah and Hadith is that Munatah always made the point that one of the remarkable things about Al-Imam as taala was that uh, Imam Shafi created this marriage between Fiqh and Hadith. There were two major schools in the world the Madrasat al hadith which was the jazirat al-Arab the Arabian peninsula, hijaz rather, Makkah and Medina, and there was the Madrasa of Ahlul Iraq. In uh, the 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 school of Mecca and Medina was predominantly that of Imam Malik Rahimahullah uh, and eventually Imam Ahmad as well as Imam Shafi but the school of Iraq was the Hanafi school. Now in Iraq they didn't have access to as many hadith as they as the scholars of the Hijaz, Makkah and Medina had. So they were forced to rely on opinion and thought and qiyas much more than the scholars of, of Makkah and Medina. And what this resulted in was that uh, opinion and fiqh was almost developing uh, independent from hadith. Imam Shafi took the brilliance of Imam Abu Hanifa and the system of his fiqh and was able to create that marriage between these two schools, the madrasa of fiqh and the madrasa of hadith and he brought him together, and thus he created this marriage. After Imam al-Shafi'i, of course, fiqh started developing by itself, while hadith developed by itself, and the two began drifting apart until uh, al-Imam al Ta'ala, appeared and brought them back together again. And after him, they drifted until Imam Nawawi came and brought him back together again. And if there was a person that really emphasized this marriage, and perhaps uh, within our for sure, within the Western world, there is a scholar that recreated this marriage between Hadith and Fiqh. And that, in a nutshell, would be uh, the, the the efforts of, of of the great personality that we speak of, Munatah Karan. I've seen things from Aluna that is just doesn't 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 sometimes add up. If you were to go to Munatah's um, library in the Strand and you pick up a way of example the Mu'jam Saghir of Imam Tabrani uh, you'll find the, in a whole lot of footnotes on the different hadith narrators within the Mu'jam Saghir of Imam Tabarani. and this may just be news to you the Mu'jam Saghir of Tabrani most scholars don't even look at the book most scholars in their entire lives probably don't even pick up the Mu'jam Saghir of the, Imam Tabrani you would be thinking to yourself what on earth and this was in Manataz this is while he was studying in Cairo Right. This is what he was doing in Cairo. Right. What were you doing reading the Marjam Sahir of Stavrani? And then over and above that, you have notes on so many of the hadith narrators whether they were reliable or not. Right. That that legacy is there. You can go see it for yourself. And uh, it really speaks of, um, uh, if you understand hadith narrators and the, the, the effort that goes into determining whether they're reliable or not, and the type of work Mullah was doing Ready in his days in Cairo, uh, he's, he's he's only brought that back home into his madrasa, and uh, created a syllabus out madrasa in and was primarily focused around uh, fiqh, fiqh and hadith, and uh, that legacy of Muntaqa, uh, I do believe, is something that was very much unfounded within within Cape Town or, or even or even South Africa, so. Um, I don't know how much time I have left. I don't know if, I, if there's more for me to share, uh, but uh, uh, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala make, accept his life of effort and sacrifice, and may we witness the good of Muntaqah continue with, with among among his students. Alhamdulillah. After the graveyard this morning, we went to the home of Hajjah Suleika Muntaqah's mother, and uh, I, on the request of Munariyad, I read the last section of his uh, article that he read this morning he sent it to me yesterday so I read the last section of it to Hajja Suleyha and the amazing thing about her was that despite the fact that she lost the entire family she was just telling us to continue doing da'wah continue working she was speaking about the township and how people are uh, suffering over there and how they require support and such an amazingly strong lady and of course that, that visit concluded with uh, du'as that she made for us we asked her to make du'a for, for all her grandchildren, the students of Manatah and, and she did so Alhamdulillah
0: Alhamdulillah Mullah, I, I, I know it's impossible to express who Manatah was even if you had to speak for, <laughs> for days and days it's it's really uh, impossible to express uh, who he was and um, Subhanallah I think his, his memory lives on in the hearts of those who met him and uh, those who spend time with him and uh, i think there's a special bond now between those who who spend time with him just because of of that memory and that vision and that picture of his gatherings uh, Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah if i could maybe ask you if you would honor us with um, uh, maybe a, a final reflection and then if we could put up the last chapter of his book because that was his last published work and um, uh, if you could, we could basically hear his voice through you. Uh, you could read that uh, that, that, and uh, end with the final dua, inshaAllah. We would appreciate that, Mawna.
10: Bismillah. I'll share reflection and I'll read the hadith and someone else can conclude the dua, Inshallah. Uh, I think persons that I really, I don't know if I mentioned them previously, but uh, uh, be persons that deserve mentioning That were very good friends of Manatar and supported him from his very early days of doing da'wah when returning to our community is uh, number one, uh, his neighbor that was with him for so many years, and our classmate, uh, Professor Noor Ali. Um, And he is someone, if you really want to know things of Manatar, he's gonna share things with you that probably his wife doesn't know. (laughs) And uh, another person is uh, Uncle Ismail Muhammad. uh, from from the Athlone area. Now these two are, from, from what I know, of the best friends at I had and uh, perhaps among them would be my cousin that I mentioned earlier. And uh, it would have really been nice to to hear some anecdotes from these personalities that knew Monatane on, on a very personal level. Also, other persons that knew him was the the his uh, his own alumni of. Mia's Farm, Cape Town alumni of Mia's Farm, uh, persons that uh, Monasato sort of reconnected with him over the past five years or so and Monato really really enjoyed the company like I saw Monato light up when he began spending time in the company of the Mia's Farm boys and he would relate to us how much he enjoyed the company and he, he Monata was a genius and a genius mind is always working. And you saw that in Manatah. Rasul ﷺ was described as da'imul fikr The Prophet's mind was constantly working. How can people be saved from the fire of Jahannam? And Manatah, if you just look at him, you can see that there's a mind that is he's thinking, he's working, what's next, what we're going to do. Uh, this masala, that masala, every gathering, he, he has something new that he's sharing with you. Um, I mean, always used to mention, I always used to mention that my first year with Munatah, he completely blew me away. And I only came to learn the next year that what I thought, when I thought he was greater, I actually came to learn he's greater. He's more intelligent. And my next year I found it. And for the next 15, 20 years, I just found that every time I met Munatah, he impressed me further and further. And when Samir, he, uh, Saeed, he, this morning at the Maqbara, he said this in a different way. He said initially, he wanted to be like Munatar. And as he sat in the class of Manatah, he came to the realization that, you know, I can never be like this man. But inshallah, I'm going to become a tenth of him. I, I'm going to become 10% of him. And as he continued sitting in Manatah, he became despondent and realized, you know, I won't even be able to become a tenth of this man. So maybe I should drop that number a bit lower. And, uh, subhanallah. So now... I think it's important to, to acknowledge these persons who are dear and beloved uh, to Monatua, and perhaps on a future occasion we could hear from them and benefit from them, other insights into the life of Munata. Uh, so I said he was a genius, and I, sometimes when we hear Munata making jokes and we hear him hanging out with this one and that one, uh, I just see it as as it, it was a opportunity for Mona just to relax his brain a bit because he was constantly at it. And therefore, Mona Zakaria can say that he messaged me at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right. We we, we spent time with Muna Ta in Cairo. I alhamdulillah, the father of Allah, I traveled with Munna on more than one occasion, several times. I slept in the same room with Muna, right? And uh, when traveling with Munna, generally you try to fall asleep early because if you're going to get into discussion with Muna Ta, it doesn't end. We, one year in Cairo, myself, Muna I can't remember who else was with us. Muna uh, found an interesting book by Sheikh Salahuddin Al-Idlavi, aqaid Al-Ashairah, and he said we're going to read this. So we set up from Isha until Fajr an entire night reading the book with detailed commentary by Muna It was really, really endless. And another year we took the Jimaul ilm of Imam Shafi'i and we went to all the various places where Imam Shafi taught in Cairo, Jami Amr ibn Asin, Jami Ibn Tulun, and eventually to the Qabr of Imam Shafi, where we completed this book of Imam Shafi. So, uh khalil mentioned, there's so much to say. He said I should share my conclusion, concluding um, remarks, and uh, uh, if they can bring up the hadith again, so I can read it, inshallah. Bismillah. as i read you going to scroll up i suppose بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يقول المصنف رحمه الله تعالى نفعنا الله بعلومه وبكن في الدارين امين حديثنا بوفتي ماتدم عن ابي وريره رضي الله تعالى صَلَّى رسول الله صلى الله عليه واله وسلم قال اشهداء المطعون والغارق وصاحب الهدم والشهيد في سبيل الله رواه Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala narrates that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the martyrs are five. He who died of the plague, he who died of a stomach ailment, he who drowned, he who died under a collapsed building, and he who was martyred in the path of Allah. No matter what, vicissitudes the paths of our lives may follow the inescapable exit point for every life is death the final curtain deep in the heart of each of us lies the fervent hope that when that moment comes we will have a good death however for those who Allah decides to remove from this world through effects of mass pandemic there is wonderful news Upon them Allah bestows the status of a shaheed, the martyr who gave his very life for his Rabb. Ya Allah, accept each and every Muslim who left this world due to COVID in your court as a blessed and honored martyr. I read this hadith that many have been sharing of Manata and I felt that um, I don't know what is greater, the status of the martyr or status of a person that dedicated his life to teaching the Ummah. A teacher so some said I was only sent as a teacher and in my heart I feel that and my heart I feel that when I our status will be great in that of a mother. I, mean, after that. I mean.
0: We thank Mahabdur Rahman for those words. May Allah elevate him to the highest levels in paradise with our Habib Muhammad sallallahu May may we be reunited with those that we love in the year after. Even if we're not worthy. May Allah through his through our association with these beautiful lives into into Paradise. If perhaps one of our senior ulama wants to make the final dua, inshallah, before we close the gathering, uh, you can just message Billy Arshad and then uh, just grace us with the final dua, inshallah. I think we thank everybody for joining us and uh, allowing us also to debrief and to speak about Malata because we are all in deep, deep grief and we're trying to maintain our composure and it's enormously difficult for all of us and we thank you for listening to us sharing our stories and our experiences and there are so many more as Rahman mentioned and so many others who have had different relationships deeper relationships longer relationships uh, who have t- experienced different aspects of beauty of this incredible individual and we do look forward to hearing from all of them inshaAllah at the janazah was that it was the first janazah I felt that we were making more du'a for ourselves and for the person who passed away because we were in such a state of loss and we felt that inshaAllah bi-idhnillah that Allah is pleased with him and he will be in the highest stations and our concern was about us being left alone now without him, Alhamdulillah, I don't know if Manu wants to make the final du'a inshaAllah, Manu Islam mute.
5: I'm not gonna make the I'm um, that close into Amana. I can maybe share with him, uh, well, poem, but I don't know if that's gonna be even worse.
0: Bismillah. I think, I think, let's, um, if there's no one else to be the final dua, let's, um, share the poem as the final dua, inshallah, and we'll end the sort of asr inshallah. So, uh,
5: Mullah Umair, one of Mullah Ta's senior students as well from Malaysia, who runs one of our sister institutes in Malaysia, he uh, has a flair for poetry, like his teacher, uh, they would often exchange poems with one another, responding to each other in poetry, Uh, on the passing of Mullah, he also wrote a piece of of poetry, and I don't know if my translation of it will be good at all, but he, he wrote, ارى العلم منزوعا فكيف يعانون مصاب اذا ناداك يا حيران لقد كنت اذ حَلَّتْ عليك نوائب وجدت كريما اذ لديك امان فهل في الورى من جا يقوم مقامه وهل من بديل لا وكيف يكون وقد بات سهران الدجا ونبيته رقودا نياما فالفراق يبين أحب أناسا لا أنال مقامهم رجائه يفيد الحب والهيمان إلهي إلى من قد وكلت أو وقد ضاق صدره وراح كران I see that knowledge has been removed from us so how can the person afflicted be helped when he calls out oh my state of loss oh my uh, my state of despair you used to find whenever a calamity befell you speaking to himself you used to find by your side a very generous noble person in every state of calamity and all of a sudden you would find safety in that. speaking about our our teacher Mulataha. And then he says, is there any person, any resort in this world amongst human beings that can take his place? Is there anybody that can replace him? No, there's no one. And how can he ever be? He spent the nights burning the midnight oils. And we spend the nights sleeping in deep sleep. So the difference between us is clear. I love a people, though I can't reach their state. And this hope of mine, it benefits me with increased love and a deep sense of uh you know of, of longing for them. And then he makes the call that I think all of us are feeling. Oh my lord, to whom have you handed over your slave? when his status become restricted, and his Quran, Malana Taha, has departed and left him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ease us in our difficulty and grant us comfort. Amen.
2: Mullah Khalil uh, we, we, we can't hear you Mullah
0: we end and we I don't know if anybody joined us Mullah Rashad for the final dua uh,
2: no one is brave enough to take up that uh, very difficult position right now okay
0: I think we'll end with a few words inshallah and just pray that Allah should raise his rank um, that he may be in the company of the the Anbiya and the Rusul and the Awliya and the Salihin, and may Allah Ta'ala shower abundant sabr and fortitude upon his his honorable wife and his honorable children may Allah Ta'ala bring solace to the hearts of his students and the hearts of all of those who loved him and met him may Allah Ta'ala cause us to benefit from his legacy May Allah Ta'ala guide us without him. May Allah keep our hearts together in unity. For the sake of this deen, may Allah Ta'ala bond all our hearts of all the ulama that we may serve as one for Allah's sake. May Allah Ta'ala bless all the institutes, all the masajid. May Allah raise their actions, elevate their actions, accept all their actions. May Allah to make make our community a community of students of deen that every single soul is going to seek knowledge and seek truth and seek illumination. May Allah forgive us for all our shortcomings, all our many shortcomings. May Allah bless the little that we do, that we do through His Qudra. May Allah cause us to meet those that we love in the year after, that we may once again gaze upon their faces and sit in their company and hear their voices. May Allah grant all of those who are ill to have complete shifa and purification through the illness and sabr during the during the trial and for their families. May Allah Ta'ala elevate the struggle of all of those who are oppressed in all the corners of the world. May Allah Ta'ala bring them freedom. May Allah Ta'ala remove the oppressors. May Allah Ta'ala deliver justice. May Allah Ta'ala deliver peace to all of those who are oppressed, Ya Allah. May Allah Ta'ala cause us to love all human beings and to love all believers, to clear our heart of any rancor towards anybody. May Allah Ta'ala bless us with true humanity before Him. May Allah Ta'ala protect us from our own nafs and from our own selves and our own pride. بسم الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. بسم May Allah bless and I see my beloved Salim Sadiq is here and I'm going to ask him to end the Arabic dua inshaAllah and with that we'll end the program inshaAllah.
1: الله الرحمن الرحيم. اللهم يا الأولين ويا المساكين ويا أرحم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق والخاتم لما سبق ناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله حق قدره ومقداره العظيم اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وسكنهم في الجنة وتجاوز عن سيئاتهم وحشوهم مع النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصادحين وحسن أولئك رفيقا ذلك الفضل من الله وكفى بالله عليما اللهم جعلنا هادين مهتدين غير الضالين ولا مضلين حربا لأعدائك وسلما لأوليائك نحب نحب بحبك الناس ونعادي بعداوتك من خالف أمرك وعصاك اللهم تقبل منا القليل وسامحنا بالكثير ولا تآخذنا بالتقصير يا نعم المولى ويا نعم النصير اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدين ولأساتذتنا ورحمهم كما ربنا صغارا اللهم ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا وطلابنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم تقبل منا بسره سورة الفاتحة
2: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين beautiful program brothers may allah accept and as
1: i wrote in the comments may allah taala fold hood in hearts light indeed avoid but may Allah subhanahu wa taala fill that hole with His divine nur, with His divine contentment, Amen. and may Allah taala fill it with every single thing that our beloved teacher wished for us, and may Amen. we continue striving in the legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam.
2: Amin. Uh, if I can, <clears throat> if, I, if I, may, Malan um, Khalil, I'm just realizing as we approaching the end of this program that uh, an apology is in order uh, from my side and from all of us um none of us wallahi feel as though we are deserving of doing this tribute wallahi i'm not uh i'm not just saying this you know just to make a, a, a an amazing statement or something i really mean this and um in light of this uh you know there are many individuals this this is not this is a Mizan initiative and then uh, Malina Khalil asked asked uh, that national academy join um so there are many others you know who are not perhaps directly affiliated with Mizan Academy, uh, Mizan Institute or Isnad Academy and so on. And uh, I'm sure that that they will as well, you know, from their side, have a similar program. So our apologies if we, if you've offended anyone through the unintentional exclusion of individuals. Um, this is not like, you know, we're only selecting a few and, we, and we're leaving out the others. And if we have mentioned any names of people and then, you know, unfortunately missing other names again our apologies for that even i feel like i've overstepped my my bounds in terms of you know when i mentioned the funds or the madrasa and things like that just out of the sheer emotion of the moment um there's certain procedures and so on that that need to be that need to be followed correctly so uh whatever mishaps may have come from outside uh and shortcomings in this regard uh whatever we've failed to mention uh, and whoever we've neglected to to pay attention to, our sincerest uh, apologies for that. Uh, so I just thought that was in order, uh, uh, Definitely. Uh,
0: uh, and then I think there's definitely a need for many more of these events uh, from the alumni, inshaAllah, officially, uh, to get those very senior students on board and to share their stories. Alhamdulillah, this has been a, 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 a reflection from the Mizan teachers, uh, uh, mainly, uh, uh, current and past uh, alhamdulillah man, Riyad, was the mizan teacher, Ismail was Mizan teacher, Alhamdulillah. Um, so, so so I would extend that apology as well. Salim, up.
1: Yes, Mahla, if this if there's two groups that definitely need to have a we need to have a follow-up program with them about uh, you know, just speaking to us about Malata and we was is um the 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 old boys, as we know them as the old boys, the 40 students, the first group of graduates, Mala Samih and Mullah Hussain Arnold and uh, uh, Malatofik taufiq ma'roof as well They, their group of students and then there's even a group of students that was there before subhanallah just after mulanata came back from from his studies and he started teaching uh in the strand area uh guys that didn't even go on to continue to become ulama but subhanallah had a great love for them and they had a great great love for Mulata to the point that uh, he asked them or rather they asked him you know, we now don't know the terms Imam and Shaykh and Molana and all of this, so what must we call you? And then his response to them was, yeah, you can call me whatever you want to, man. And then they went on to call him Aji. So this very, very special group of students that came even before Dua was standing, uh, those are definitely a, a few of the strand locals that we need to try to get on board and to, you know, hear some jewels that they have to share with us about Malata. Amen. Amen. I and I'm
0: sure Islam uh, mm-hmm. Academy, inshallah, will host that, uh, uh, at some point inshaAllah it will be our pleasure
1: inshaAllah
2: it will be our pleasure subhanallah um, Zakaria did you manage to make contact uh, with Mala Samih
5: i did but uh, Mala Samih he said that we had uh, Mala Salim to make the du'a so he said it was a, a good ending but inshaAllah when we have our more programs we will certainly have him with us inshaAllah
2: inshaAllah Okay. <تصفيق> وصلى الله عليه سيرنا محمد سبحانه و و لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك و إليك أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن خسر. إلا أمنوا بالحق <تصفيق>
1: السلام
2: <رحمة> الله <تصفيق> <الدعالي تصفيق>
1: وبركاته <تصفيق>